0: You have a lamp that is lit. Why do we all come there to Amma? Because there is a lamp
1: that is lit. We can light our lamp
2: on that lamp.
1: It
0: is
2: for which I should be prepared to die for it, kill for it if I have to,
1: but I will. But it is not a piece of the earth, it is not a territory of the earth, it is a village. Why did you wake up there? That
5: vaccine or mra will ever
1: flow through my fucking blood blood never i will fucking die fucking fighting for my motherfuckers and my fucking lineage fuck these motherfuckers
4: Folks, uh I've been waiting for this stream for uh, quite some while. just my lazy ass has uh Wow, oh, how can how can uh plead to be in here? Joe, good to see you. Um I'm just waiting too, for man. Nick to connect. Um I'm not sure what his issue is, but um let me set the screen up somewhat and uh you looking well? You too, man. Just, I'm um, uh, always envious at your uh, slick. Uh, <laughs> oh, slick you backwards. know, I should just
5: show you. Like, it's just literally a hanging thing.
4: Yeah, I know. I know. I just
5: hang from my garage. I'm in my fucking garage, dude.
4: <laughs> but the tech, <laughs> I the got... tech now. I, I, I even have the capability to do it. It's just, I, I'm sort of st- stuck in a corner. So, it's, you know, it's kind of difficult. Well,
5: you know, yeah. I had like a, well, we can talk about it when we get on if we
4: want. uh, Let me just switch the screen over and um, get rid of the extra me. Hey, guys. Nick, how are you doing, sir? Let me just check with the audience that there's um, sound is coming through. I don't see any uh, alerts or anything right now. People trying to flag my... Attention, so um, so yeah, great to have you both. Actually, uh, I know you've been talking a lot in the background, but um, I think this is going to be a, a very, very instructive discussion just about the well, I, I I don't think it would just be limited to SV40, but um, that that can be our tee off um, point. Um, So, welcome, welcome, welcome both of you, and um, let me, uh, I'm going to ask this because I've got some inside knowledge as to the the history and dynamics, and um, John, if you could um, relay your experience around SV40, because I know you've been actively working in that domain to the to the point where you've made contact with the original um oh, i say protagonists is the right word but the researchers and the um that that particular networks so maybe that can help set the right the scene um so yeah let me uh
5: kind of ease in here to it um so, so basically, the story is that SV40 was discovered after it has been placed in the uh, polio vaccine, and then you know the government said, uh, the federal United States government said, hey, why why let a good thing go to waste? Let's weaponize it. Yeah. So then they had a um, they had sort of a ragtag crew working with cancer researchers, right? Because cancer researchers and sv40 go hand in hand and actually they used sv40 to create tumors already uh, in lab animals which sort of exposed the contagious element to cancer or at least the tumors that you can get from sv40 Um, so that was a woman named uh, judith very baker and she worked in new orleans in uh, 1963 um, spring and summer uh liquefying tumors in um new like fetal mice and they would radiate the mice when they were born after injecting them with this uh stew of uh, sv40 they would grow like half their body weight would be tumors they would then cut those tumors off liquefy them re-inject them into uh, new animals mutate and then they would get the most virulent tumors or the, I, I don't the most aggressive tumor growth and then they would move up the ladder right so they would start moving into monkeys um uh, uh, marmosets and things like that uh, and it reached a point where um they realized that animals that were in cages on the other side of the room or whatever by the way they were doing this out of a fucking apartment <laughs> this is insane mm-hmm. At, in new orleans where uh, a guy named alton Oshner uh had this huge clinic and and he also worked at the national one of these national laboratories in new orleans and that's where they had a particle beam accelerator uh, radiation system where they would bombard these little mice so anyway i read this book which told the story of how this all worked with a lady named uh, judith Ferry baker and uh, i found her amazingly she's like 80 years old uh, the the, the book
4: being mary's monkey right
5: yeah dr mary's monkey Mm. and it tells the story and so when i found judith i was like this is it's so bizarre right because in the book she's 18 19 years old and she was and she was found um by these researchers and maybe dod cia navy somebody else was involved within the government but it was kind of a hush hush thing and uh, she was discovered because she was really smart and she had done a lot of tumor research with her own mice. And I guess she got a uh, germ germline mice, which were I'm I'm using the wrong term, but it was mice that had no like infectiousness at all, so that nothing else could be attributed to the cause of the tumors. Mm-hmm. Um and so the government was helping her, but then they realized, like, hey, she's she's kind of doing something maybe dangerous here, so let's put her under some supervision. And they put her under a doctor. Uh, Oshner was one of them. And then they also put her under another doctor named Mary uh, Sherman. Don't quote me on that. Anyway, Dr. Mary uh, was the lead researcher working on a lot of, a lot of this uh, experimentation. And she was found in her apartment burned in half. Uh, and, and someone had stabbed her in the heart. Um, So what the suspicion was, after this, um, Dr. Mary was friends with uh, another doctor whose son was Edward Haslin, and he is the author of Dr. Mary's Monkey, and he knew her as a youngster growing up, and so he said, hey, I want to investigate this more. So the story is that, you know, she was burned, not just burned, like, you know, badly burned, her bone was burned off, like... Mm. which would only be really capable, you know, doable by something insane, like a particle beam radiation system, which we didn't have that many of Mm. in the United States, at least at the time. So that was that was kind of uh, how he got involved. And he wrote the book over the course of like 20, 30 years. And that's, you know, over that time, they learned about SV40 being in the polio vaccine, and it really wasn't popular knowledge. It definitely was kind of brushed under the rug. Um, And then the FDA sort of investigated it, but then they, the the only investigation that I saw that the FDA did was out of, I think, Ohio, and they followed 1,100 people who were injected with polio vaccines that they said were um, contaminated with SV40. Uh, And they said, oh, it didn't cause any additional cancers.
4: Yeah. I don't know. Nick, if you want to jump in at that particular point, I know you have um, strong views <laughs> about that particular. Uh...
5: I mean, and I, I could be wrong about certain aspects of this. Um, well, this, so, this and, is and, the, and...
4: the whole point of having a sort of sit down discussion like this and yeah. sort of comparing notes and look, I, I, I was oblivious to the whole Doctor Mary's monkey until God. What's his name? Um, it's more sort of like conspiracy. Um, David? Coast to coast. No, it was, it was, he actually came on stream. Oh. I'm just trying to remember his name, and um, I want to say maybe Nick was even speaking to him as well. Uh, but um, yeah, that. They they started to tell me about Dr. Mary's monkey, and I was, and then they were showing me the the pictures of the body that you described, which, you know, the yeah very very sort of um, bizarre sort of burn patterns, and um, I didn't know about the stabbed wound to the heart, but you know, when you yeah on fire, well,
5: apparently she was she was still alive, but. You know, very badly burned. I don't know why I'm thinking of Austin Powers right now. I'm very badly burned, but she was. She was suffering, and it was like this horrible thing. So the idea was that someone, you know, stabbed her in the heart so that she would die,
0: mm.
5: uh, because there was no there was no chance of recovery. It was an act of mercy. Mm. Oh, wow,
2: that's that's very fascinating. That's that's really interesting, um, John. I enjoyed your interview uh, with Judith. And uh, I thought that was uh, really, really excellent. I, I just, I very much appreciated uh, the fact that you let her tell her story and um, that your questions were not uh, leading, that they, you know, you were, you were very open-ended and let her account for the history that she was there for, that none of us were. So I thought that was a really important piece and thank you so much for, for sharing that with me. Yeah. I as I look at SV40, I I can't I can't ignore the rest of that big table of uh, of microorganisms of pathogens that are that are in that chart, and I just recently found out that there are so many entries on the simian virus table um, that they actually have a separate table for chimpanzees. It's the CV table. Wow. Uh, and there were many, many, many items that changed names over time. So something would be called SV40. It's also called the vacuolating virus um, or the polyoma virus. You know, there, there will be about four or five names that make it a little difficult to really pin down over time uh, sort of what, where did all of these Brady Bunch kids end up? Where did all of, you know, where did all of the progeny, all of these strange little isolates that came out of the primate research? Um, they, they were either found in a living animal presenting a disease. That's why they looked for something. They're like, Oh, this animal has a strange you know tumor or they, they, we put them, like you said, that we put them in cages across the room from these other primates. And all of a sudden, all of this other species are beginning to present looks like leukemia and that's what would trigger their investigations as they would hunt these things down or people would come in with disease. And that's what I have found is the disturbing part is isolation and, and real uh, we'll say clear characterization, confirming that these uh, these filterable agents, the language of the time was filterable agents uh, or isolates were actually from simians they weren't human a human pathogen they came from exposure to simians and then we come back to how did that happen well millions and millions and millions of doses of primate based biological products so vaccines uh were were built on these different cell cultures and as i heard uh, uh Judith say in your discussion with her uh, that was that was a nice uh sort of i like these the dateline push pins she put a push pin that she felt that the the final point that they got rid of uh live contaminating sv40 out of you know cell lines meaning using any of the primate cell lines that were suspect of that or confirmed was 1999 And I see evidence of a case in 2001 where someone is testing a sample of uh, a commercial vaccine product and they find live viable SV40 in it. So that's for me, that's, that's, it, it brings me into that whole catalog of stuff. And it's, it's good to listen to your perspective on, uh, this one group of people, uh, you went in truly, you know, like a sleuth and did, you know, gumshoe epidemiology, in my opinion, about, um, the claims of the scientists involved, the evidence that was there. And you got eyewitness input, um, what I wonder is, did you go into the scientific papers and see all of the the kind of island of Dr. Moreau mutations and fiddling around that they did with it for years and years afterwards?
5: Right. Yeah, they would call it transformation Sure. in, in a lot of the research that I found. Uh, and I would even try to get uh, some of these papers out of um, National Archives where they should be. And they were like, oh, we never archived it. Um, you know, because I think a lot of times they'll hide these things behind paywalls because they know what they've done. You know, they know they're doing things that if we realize what they were doing, like, Hey, you should probably stop fucking with that. That's a pretty bad idea. Uh, but, but you know, the science, the scientists behind it don't really understand or they do understand, but they just don't give a shit. They want the money and they want to do this research and, um, the ethical, risks are irrelevant.
4: Well, wow. and I'll, uh... I'll just put this out there, you know, from my experience in the sort of clinical sciences, I guess. Um there's a prevailing doctrine of well, you know, what what we're doing is is is, is going to be beneficial in some in some form Or another, and so we're abiding by current ethical standards or guidelines or whatever other guardrails that they have in place. And there seems to be a how should we say a an environment in which you are strongly, strongly encouraged to find the next little tweak. Whatever that may be, that you can then stick patents on for the institute, and it's primarily for the institute. Even um, you know, if a scientist will get something that's patentable, um, the institute often takes the uh, the majority of the benefits um, that would accrue from sort of the intellectual property, and so it creates a very um permissive environment with I, I would argue a lot of perverse incentives and i can only imagine what it would have been like in you know the post second world war and you know this is this is where we get into this very fawny topic of um paperclip um scientists right. com- coming over and um bringing all Their lab books with them, and that's not just German, that's from all, all, all over as well. Japanese um, had a very extensive, yeah, bio warfare program, I guess. And right, you know, the someone's just sort of sent me a, an article today as I was credits, well, not credits, the intro was rolling, and um. It's talking about uh the Korean War, and you know how many how many people have actually sort of looked at the you know but I would consider one of the sort of major conflicts after the second world War where they could have had a chance to be deploying you know what what were essentially sort of new new discoveries um have you guys any, any sort of insights into, um, I, I can think of one disease uh, in particular, which um, linked to the Korean War, but have you guys sort of heard anything, just, this is just a, an aside because this is, I'm staring at the, <laughs> the headline on the, not the headline, but the sub stack that's
5: Um, I haven't heard of the Korean War, but I was told today about another one out of Fort Dietrich um, that (laughs) I didn't know about, uh, Project uh, Naomi, Naomi.
2: Oh, that's... MK MK Naomi. Yeah, that was a full program, yeah.
4: Yeah. um, Tell the world, Nick, Uh, this this story was
5: a...
2: Well, John, what, what, before I, before I share, what, what, uh, stood out to you? What did you learn?
5: Oh, well, um, it, I, I just glanced at it. A friend of mine, uh, said, Hey, you should look into this. And I was like, Oh, great. Um, but, uh, basically that they were doing weaponized cancer research, which is, which is what, you know, this, it may have been a uh, follow-up to what Judith was doing. Right. So she did that work. They took that work. She says that the work that she did, the research materials went to MD Anderson who put it on ice. And then it went from MD Anderson to Fort Detrick, which would make sense that Fort Detrick would be the location of of MK Naomi. Um, and uh, and we even have a National Cancer Institute there. And that's interesting for, it's it's funny how all these things, are colliding at the same time right i discover this woman and i discover that her research goes to uh, fort dietrich allegedly and at the same time this whole thing that i've got going on with eric freed at the national cancer institute in fort dietrich uh comes to a head where the government actually rejects 490 pages of communications that eric had with mdpi viruses right we've talked about that before
4: yeah but I, that's and we've got a whole bunch of very, very important yeah. um, top topics there. There's so, so many things. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, So I, actually, just out of my interest, what's what's the latest with those um, Freed and uh, FOIA requests? And just explain so, to people exactly what that is. And then we'll get into Naomi. So uh,
5: there was an article that came or a journal published study that was done and published in MDPI viruses in, um, October of 2021. And, uh, a month after it was published in MDPI viruses, um, the editor in chief of the journal, uh, wrote an expression of concern with a guy named Oliver Schildren. And, um, I had submitted a, and, and eventually over the course of the next five, six months, there was a campaign against the two authors to get them to take it down one of them was inevitably uh or eventually fired or not renewed for a permanent position something it's difficult to get the the details from the authors because they don't want to talk about it Uh, because they went through hell apparently and anyway one agreed to uh, retract and the other refused and so what i did was i submitted a freedom of information act request to the nih for all records uh, pertaining to the communications between eric freed and oliver children um oliver being a researcher that's connected to multiple governments in the eu and uh the nih refused to give me those
4: records and, and the so pa- i sat the on paper yeah. in question the subject was
5: Oh, the subject was uh, basically, there was a link between cancers like pancreatic cancer or um, ovarian cancer, uh, breast cancer, and a few others, and P53 inhibition, which you you guys can speak to that better than me, but essentially what it does was it says that the mRNA vaccine or the spike protein within it... um, suppresses your body's ability to reject cancer is that sort of accurate
4: uh well let's say i'm no expert on p53 suppressor gene but you know that's the um that that's the claims made about it and you know. and so since that uh paper was retracted additional
5: research linked to niad fauci's agency uh Validated the statements that the original researchers made and and the way that they got the paper retracted Eric and Oliver was uh, kind of a kind of a bullshit argument from what I understand and because of that uh, it really raised a lot of eyebrows across you know the legit like I consider them the legitimate world of researchers like JikiLeaks and whatever else people who aren't afraid to speak out. Um, so they they were the ones really pushing me to get that FOIA request so since since they rejected it um it it kind of went viral it was, i guess you could say it was like our first really big viral thing with broken truth and uh steve kirsch picked it up and a few others um and a lot of really great uh journalists across the country and world that i've never met or heard of uh but they have huge followings they all started sort of saying hey this is crazy um so that's that's been a positive thing and i finally just wrote my own appeal um and th- my my reasoning behind the appeal was that uh the the reason why the nih stated that they wouldn't give the records out was because it would reveal trade secrets about mdpi viruses review process and i called out the bullshit of that i was like first of all mdpi viruses is a non-profit entity operating out of switzerland it has no jurisdictional control over the freedom of information act in the united states second of all um, any negative outcome that harmed mdpi viruses from whatever's in these records could really only be the result of malfeasance on eric Fried's part so i'm sorry that he's got his hand caught in the cookie jar but public health policy has to come first. And it says, it sounds a lot cooler when you read what I wrote. <laughs> um, but uh, that, was, that was the gist of it. It's like, hey, this is, this, is, this is crap and you guys know it. So then I got a response back from uh, HHS and they stated that another agency had a keen interest in the outcome of this determination and um, it was an unusual circumstance. Very. and the
4: person that yeah the person this, this that, uh, was recently right this is in the last
5: this was this week yeah. yeah 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 and the person that signed the uh the hhs form or document or whatever that they sent me uh her her background is working with nsa cia dod dia
4: uh, and <laughs> so What? what was the name
5: looks Just... like i stepped in it
4: yeah yeah <laughs> Well, at least we've, uh, we've got extra listeners, even if they're not showing up on the, on the Rumble Yeah, account. I mean, we do
5: want an audience.
4: Yeah. But, you know, the,
5: the thing is, is that, like, this is, this is ridiculous. Mm. Look, let's just, let's just say that there's something in there that they did not want people to see. And let's just hypothesize or theorize how this conspiracy worked. Somebody came to Eric and said, you need to take this damn paper down, dude. And he's like, oh, well, how am I gonna do that? And then he spends 490 pages of communications trying to get it done. Um, But but you gotta think about why would they do it, you know? The movie Outbreak, the government wanted to conceal a weapon. Eric works on 4D trick and they make biological weapons there. That's a pretty short jump of logic um, if you really wanna go there. Well, um, but it it could also just be incompetence, or you know, somebody screwed up and and this whole thing that we're all going through is just the government trying to unfuck what they've done. But I feel like there's too much going on in this world geopolitically and everything else to just write every single thing off as a screw up. yeah,
2: that, too many, I really too many believe... little little teeth in the gears that are clicking into yeah. place. You know, with banking and energy interruptions of supply chain interruptions and sabotage of food supply in conjunction with predetermined outcomes, basically, suggest you know, front loading the public consciousness about um, climate stress, problems we're going to have, diseases that are going to emerge because we're encroaching, we're building our condominiums too close to the rainforest. They don't talk about the decades of of harvesting and farming disease from the natural world through the laboratory pathway into human beings they you know they leave that part out of it you know but and and then they're they're using these things in my opinion as uh, well planned and and discussed they've you know they've discussed Uh, I'm not talking just about Bill Gates in in his uh, environmental clip from, I don't know what that was, 2006, 2008, where he talks about if we do a really good job with vaccines, we can reduce the planetary population. Um, I'm talking about people who wrote about this in the 1950s, Um, you know, as as we were saying very, very much earlier, you know, Hitler's uh, special cadre of biologists that ended up at Merck and Pfizer and Monsanto. And we can just go back and look at the the damages and the litigation against those companies and the products that they brought forward, and we we can see sort of that manifest destiny. But anyway, I didn't want to whip us whip us back to the fifties unnecessarily. Where do you want to go, Kevin?
4: Well, I, I, I'm I, I'm fascinated by the latest developments around freed and this. Yeah, you know what, what's very obviously a. Um, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what institutional attempt because it's it's bigger than that. Um, but that this. Well, attempt- you know
5: what? What I I keep thinking about. You know, you, you guys are in the educated world, right? I, I'm more of the journalism manipulation marketing world, and um, I keep thinking about the fact that. I was always patriotic, right? I always thought, you know, you stick together, you want to do what's right for your country. But um, these people seem to operate in a more intellectual class structure, and they don't really care about government or country or patriotism, which is terrifying that this guy is working with all of this, dangerous stuff on an army base and you have to wonder like does the army even actually give a shit about the government like about the people of the united states i mean it's it's really scary like we you realize that we are all just a giant bag of lab rats and they've been operating on us in that fashion for a while and and that's not to say that i don't appreciate the ethical dilemmas that medical doctors face i have many, many friends. I mean, I have people that I love that work in healthcare. It's not, it's not that it's, it's, it's that dissociation that they have to go through to be able to treat people without going into an emotional thing that taken to such a level that they don't see anyone as human anymore. I mean, even, even Gates, you know, talks about humans as being basically robots.
4: Again, it's this, um, the the mindset that kicks in, particularly as you get into the sort of more senior levels, right? So PI and then, um, I don't know, the head of a department, head of an institute. Um, And I'm I'm not saying they're all rotten to the core, but um, I I think it's very, very easy to... um, get into a mindset where the product maybe not even the product let me let me actually what I'll do is I'll give a um, an, an exact perfect example of the type of thinking that um, permeates these levels right so um, what I used to do before doing this was developing the 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 directions that an established technique like deep brain stimulation could be used for novel disease conditions. And so that one of the big ones was that they were going to be able to treat depression. That was that was a major target. Um it didn't work. And the other was um OCD and um addiction-like disorders by targeting the limbic um, circuitry particularly nucleus accumbens and in my research what i found was that you could go in and stimulate those regions and this was something and i've done dbs on so many animals and manipulated these circuits in in so so many ways and there was only one circuit and one particular node which had this p- property which was this the nucleus accumbens where it, it seemed possible to be able to just shut down and I mean literally shut down life in essentially s- seconds to minutes and that shutdown would be so quick you wouldn't even realize. You know, even though you're watching in real time the animal on a camera, etc., just suddenly you realise that the eyes are not moving, and it's too late. You can't you can't get in there and and reverse the um, the, the shutdown of the. And I'm presuming it's just an effect on autonomic um, posture and tone, but. Um, I, I, I sat with the vice president of uh, one of, well, I'll just say, a major, major medical device company that um, makes these devices and has a very, very large market share in um, looking and expanding out into these new treatment directions. And I said, you know, and I've told him, look, this is what I found when I go in and manipulate this area. And it's a very discrete pattern of stimulation. It's different from what's given clinically, but um, it would be very, very easy to induce that pattern, either through fault in the device or someone programming the device to act in that manner. And his response was, "Ah, we're doing it already. Doesn't matter, <laughs> you know." That's scary. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I was, and like to me, I, you know, in my naivety, I was just like, "Well, you know, hang on, we've got we've got the sort of data here that shows that there is this um capacity to do this, and um just no." I really thought they would be interested in you know trying to pin down exactly what was happening etc but no it's um it's being done um they've got the fda approvals in in us but um elsewhere in the world and uh it's a uh, you know what you know what it reminds me of um the fight club scene where the he's on the plane describing to the woman where if a plus b is less than c which is the cost of of a recall we don't do one right, right? and right. um th- then there's there's that level and then and then I think there's a there's a um, a hang on a minute um Charles Charles might join us just as uh, an extra voice around the People, bear with me, Um, but yeah, that's that. That's what I wanted to add with respect to your point. With with respect to how how these people are are thinking and how the organisations are operating, and I've spent the last sort of few weeks covering uh, the dark triad of psychopathy and uh, Machiavellianism. Uh, you kind know, put it together. All these, all these, um, they're not. Uh, they converge, right? So you might not have that. They might not be clinically psychopathic, etc. Or each one of the um, narcissist or Machiavellian, they might not be clinically e- plotting in that particular zone. But you, they can sort of converge, and then you then you get this zone where you have these. Um, uh, the, the, these traits emerge, and the problem is, is that those those traits are um, en- enable people to climb the competitive ladder, and they'll they'll use them to for their own advantage. And I, I think that's a lot of what we're dealing with. Um, but let me, you you guys chat away whilst I try and um, get. Uh, <coughs> You know, yeah, I mean, this,
5: I've, I've done a little research into Mengele and, and uh, some of these Nazi researchers and what's interesting is that they could be your neighbor, Hmm. you know, that they, in most scenarios of existence, they were probably normal people, but you give them this power over others. And you remove any sort of like moral compass and you just say, you know do what thou wilt, right? And well they go for it. I mean and, and not only that, I mean Hitler obviously was encouraging that behavior. Uh, he wanted these things and there was no no restraint. it's really it's really scary. and they come out and we we open Pan- we had Pandora's box open. we could have closed it after World War II. It's like the ring of power, right? You couldn't throw it in the fire, and now, mm. now we're all dealing with the the ramifications of it.
2: Yeah, it's um, really true. It's really a fitting um, analogy for the situation. It was the temptation of men, you know, oh, we will, we've got to get them, or the Russians will get them. You know, let alone that we could have persecuted for war crimes if that's what they were guilty right. of. But uh, no, there was definitely. uh, I I, yeah, I'm 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 kind of amazed at how history is being erased and rewritten for me. One documentary team at a time, one author at a time, as they bring forward a trove of materials. You know, including things that have been around since you know the early '80s, uh, when there were first uh, really mainstream Nazi hunters, if that's what we're calling them in the U.S.
0: Right. Um, and so now i mean
5: look we're learning we're learning a lot of interesting things about humanity one of which is that uh you know albert borla is jewish and and i always come from yeah people of all races can commit genocide (laughs) it is not Mm. particularly uh specific to a single race um we are all capable of that kind of evil and uh what's really messed up is albert borla being jewish at pfizer what they did to israel they had a huge spike in in deaths right um, vaccine injuries and whatever else
4: yeah so the, 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 there was um i I, I want to say that the, the, they were meetings within hospital that don't you know heads heads of departments and what have you and they were they were seeing these safety signals and it was from Israel that we were getting the first concrete data with respect to particularly myocarditis and um, adverse events and um, you know the you know I'm, I I I spend a lot of time sort of covering. That aspect, right? The the JQ component, and um, there's there's a an an, a, an elite of them that will do their own over just as quickly as our elites will do us over. Um, just that they they'll often sort of cloak themselves in the um, right, the victimhood cloak of oh we can we wouldn't ever do that with, 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 with um we were we were turned into lampshades and soap bars we never we'd never do that and i i just don't i don't think that that's the case and i think the um the history prior to the second world war during the war is far far more complex with respect to um let, let's just say zionism um in, in, in particular and i would encourage everyone to just think that um, history is written by the victors in this particular scenario and um the their their in group preference is well well established um and it's a factor that has to be taken into um all of these discussions and well one of the interviews that I did
5: was with um um they they call themselves torah true jews and they're based out of um new york outside of new york city and uh they don't do vaccines they they would be uh they would do their own you know they would just have their kids in in a party and get them measles that way versus go to get a mmr vaccine sense and uh they were connected to that polio case that was supposedly found in New York over like last year if you recall that one and uh they got information to me from um from Israel where they would speak to to people over there and and there was a huge effort to take these you know for lack of a better word orthodox Jews and um trick them into getting vaccinated Massive, massive effort. They're they're the control group, just like our Amish are control or control groups here. They don't want a control group. Absolutely not. Uh because that might that might show everybody what they've done. And and it's always about faith in medicine. Faith and science, right? It's it's almost it's like a religion uh for a lot of these people.
4: So yeah, well, uh, yeah. Science has become the new. Hang on a minute, my bloody son's computer just keeps restarting. I'm gonna just switch this on. Charles, welcome to the the chat, pro And uh, just guys, give me a second. Welcome. You just chat away. Yeah,
5: you know, I'll 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 address something that came up in a question. Uh, they didn't kill Doctor Mary uh, with um, a particle beam accelerator. Uh, Mar- Dr. Mary was working with the particle beam accelerator and we believe there was an accident that burned her in half. Uh, so, like some sort of short that she was standing next to something metal that, I don't know, reacted. And whatever it, it did, it, it roasted her. But you know, it, it had to be something extremely powerful because it burned bone off completely. You know, even when you do a, a, a cremation, the bone typically isn't, you know, burned to ash. So it was a very unusual thing. And and apparently the police covered it up and everything. I even went to the apartment and took video of it just because oh, I really shit. wanted to <laughs> see. See, what They didn't, the they didn't condemn the building? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's in the hood in New Orleans. It's amazing.
4: Uh, I'm trying to find pictures of... Uh, uh... Um, oh, you're not going for those, are you? Uh, yeah, if you've got a link to them, I'll, I'll bring them up. But um, they're quite, okay. they're quite striking images.
2: He's talking about the autopsy pictures or the crime oh. scene pictures that Ed Haslam posted on his website. Um, I think I've got a link. Hey, Mister Rixie, how are you tonight? Um,
3: Living American Dream.
2: Popping, Excellent. Uh, Happy. F- yeah, are you popping uh, packing
3: poppers? Uh well, I'm packing, not oh, necessarily. Okay. okay. Poppers, but <laughs> but I am I am packing for a trip. Yes.
4: Cool. Uh, this uh if you if you have well, I found the um let's see the diagrams of the bands um let's see if I can bring up. Uh, if you if you have a link, um Nick, to the actual images, I've got I'm trying um, I'm trying to find it. I've got the um
2: so are we just skipping over MK Naomi or are we going back? No, to-
4: I I, okay. I wanna go back to MK Naomi. Um it's just the, the you know, the issue we have here is this um like you say, the, what did you say, the 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 teeth of the gears are, are all clicking very much into mm-hmm. place and you know what what might have seemed like uh, um disparate topic areas um even just a few years ago um sudden suddenly there's this um shitty brown colored thread um connecting them all and um the more we sort of seem to peel back the more um yeah the the, the more convinced i am that there there are these um wow well, dark dark forces dark institutes um you know not not what's sold to the public um at, at play and you know this this centers around primarily um biological warfare research and you know the the, the simple fact is that they they managed to get away with so much because of um Get the Q clearance. Is that that is that what they call it in the U.S. Right, where you um,
2: the Q clearance for a Department of Energy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the only agency that uses it, but uh, I know that it
4: is a DoA thing. Um, and a lot of this stuff seemed to have just got um taken out of or or, or removed from public scrutiny by being able to um sort of make it a national security um issue and um lock them away in vaults and this is something that you've mentioned numerous times which is paper papers, manuscripts, notes which should be part of the public archive are not available. And um I, that's that's what i find um well particularly particularly disturbing because you know that's a that's a very deliberate attempt to obfuscate and prevent people from being able to take pieces of the jigsaws and um put them put them together so that the the bigger picture emerges and it's where
0: Hey Charles,
2: you got some background noise going on, buddy.
4: Um, the, Thank you. Um, you know the, the the problem is it's being left to a few people to try and speak up, and the um, they've done such a fantastic job of being able to shut down conversation by uh it, well you're you a know, your conspiracy theorist etc cetera, etc cetera. and that <laughs> ridicule yeah, did, yeah. oh know, are you one franchise. of those doing your own
5: researchers guys mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my favorite thing are you a uh,
4: google analyst yeah all right i'm gonna mm-hmm. i'm gonna share my desktop so fair warning folks we're gonna look at um they're black and white so um it's not overtly. Well, I don't know. It depends how sensible you're. For me, it's not. John, strange. do
2: you want to? Do you want to set the table for what we're gonna? What we're about to look at. These are the pictures that are on. And by the way, I did put this link in the main bunker chat and in the uh, live in the live stream chat. So if you need to curl up with these some night, feel free. But, John, do you want to talk about what we're gonna see?
5: Yeah. Um. I mean, I believe if it's what's in the book. It's it's essentially a woman who was burned in half. So you are going to see an exposed rib cage, exposed organs. I think on her right side, and um, even though it is in black and white, it it's still pretty gruesome. And somehow the local news tried to make this come off as a uh, sexual thing. So so they put the body in here. And they wrapped her in a blanket, and then they set the bed on fire,
4: and ran out thinking that the apartment would burn down, but it didn't. Mm. So I'm I'm just trying. So I can just make out that her head. There, I think that's a head. That looks like mm. a head to me, but yeah. Um, the there feet, are better um, angles. Yeah. So that's that's picture. One. Um, any. Why didn't the apartment burn down? Um, just that the fire department got there quick enough, or it just
2: um, the ex- it... the accelerant they chose. I mean,
5: go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, I, I I don't know exactly why it did burn down. I think maybe a neighbor came in and helped put it out.
4: Okay, but I'm not entirely sure on that. That's picture one to obviously a bit more graphic and yeah. So you you can see that the, so her right shoulder is essentially obliterated. Um, and she's got a full head of hair. Yeah.
2: Mm. That would have been the first thing to correct. You know, it would have crisped, it would have been gone. If you've ever stood over a gas stove and leaned over the, you know, leaned over the burner with your arm and (laughs) burned off all your your arm hair, it happens in a a moment. It's done. So that's fascinating.
4: And I can um, immediately tell from that wound that looks highly cauterized, which is, um, I've done enough cautery to recognize the wound margin okay so next picture would be
2: i don't know what no john
4: where did you see the
2: data on the stab wound because i'm I'm pretty sure you're the person that i i learned about that from where did that information come from
5: that was actually in the book oh okay okay
2: I read it. I read it years ago when it first came out, and I was trying to integrate and verify so many different little pieces of the HIV story that um, that went surpassed me.
4: I wonder what makes for the spotting around the wall—an odd burn pattern, but incidental to what we're looking at.
2: All right. So, well, was it? Wallpaper just starting to crisp and peel off,
4: maybe? Uh, Okay, so... That... This is the graphic one. Yeah, so... um, That's a very, very unusual burn pattern, to to say the least. Oh, man. Mm.
2: So, so we, so are we reconstructing this uh, appropriately? It appears that it was a murder that occurred offsite that she was actually stabbed, but then placed into the accelerator in maybe an early, no, that wasn't, it wasn't, she, she didn't actually get into the accelerator.
5: Uh, What the suspicion was, was that she was working with the accelerator had yeah. a disastrous accident accident yeah. which then burnt her but didn't kill her. But looking at this, you know, now consider that some of these burns are going to be secondary burns from the fake fire in the apartment. Yes. So uh, what what was su- suspected by uh, Haslan and his people was that she was still alive. The heart was still pumping, but you could see it which is uh, which is why someone used a like long sort of needle or a sharp object like a knife um to puncture the heart and stop it See, just to, it's an act of mercy not a murder
4: yeah um but because the
5: murder would have or because the death would have revealed that they were doing something with a super powerful particle beam accelerator um on and what they were working on which was supposedly a weapon to kill castro uh they they had to cover it up you
2: see so they find blood at the scene in the apartment
5: um i i'm not to- totally sure i i feel like there wasn't a, a lot of blood but yeah um i'm not it wasn't the part that i was really focused on when i read it yeah I'm trying to just place
2: well, yeah where where would that step have occurred in this process and if there wasn't a lot of blood in the apartment then that would have also occurred off site.
4: So so the one the one issue Go I ahead. have is the um, the aperture and where the beam focus would be such that you you would I'm but I'm wondering if it was the Rather than the beam, it was just more sort of like a capacitor bank that she was, s- yeah, sort of the, strapped to. Uh, than...
5: I, I think what, yeah, I don't, I don't think she was struck by like a laser. Mm. Um, I that there was maybe a metal wall that was adjacent to the beam where it was in action, and she was leaning up against it, and something shorted, and it conducted through it to her. I, it's really hard to say. I mean, it could be like based on the timing of when the murder happened. What does it Do you have the date on these?
4: Uh Say This refers to the book, the date in the book, but um
5: so it says she was standing in front of a steel wall when she grabbed a handle and the electric electricity ran up her arm and burned it out like a fuse. Mm.
4: Yeah. And that's that that would kind of make sense with what you're looking at on that picture and you know the the issue with you know with the high voltage high um temperature like I say it would cauterize my other issue is why wouldn't she why wouldn't the voltage of shut down the heart yeah um so that's something to think about
3: I, I, I might interject that you can't see any electrical current like remnant of that in the hair like you can't see that the hair itself was
4: electrocuted um well, I don't know, it's just me. There's a you know, what what looks like a sort of arc discharge across the face in, in that burn pattern, maybe. Um but very
3: it it had to happen very quickly because otherwise there, you would see well, a lot more than this because everything that the charred remains that because for the ha- for portions of the hair to be untouched. I mean, that's that's just bizarre. Like it could only have, it, that's really weird because you can almost see that I almost maybe it was an arc because you can see that there's a, there's hair that's kind of untouched in the middle, but. It almost like you can almost kind of see where it would have traced across the face or something,
4: mm. yeah. Which, which is why I think top. that pattern is you know you can sort of see the discharge pattern sort of tapering down towards the neck. Um, I have, I'm just trying to, yeah, you know, even she didn't
2: fall asleep smoking a cigarette in bed, right?
4: No. <laughs> uh well you know here's the, here's something to keep in mind right which is um you know as a young kid when i was uh, good before the internet we would we would hear stories of spontaneous human combustion right where people had burned and yet nothing would uh, you, you know the environment would be barely untouched and that I'm just wondering if could have been something like that and i i wonder
2: as told by leonard
4: nimoy wearing a turtleneck is that what it, you're talking about even before well i don't know if it was before then but yeah probably around
2: it was in search of i'm sure it was in search <laughs> of or that's incredible the depth of your uh your scientific excavations
4: kevin let me tell you <laughs> But I, you know, I
2: saw on the love boat let me tell you what i saw on the love boat it was <laughs> no.
4: um let me just find some sort of classic images of spontaneous human combustion. And so I I can remember, um, you know, one of these sort of um, investigations that sort of found that people could, um, because of the fat and the, the clothing acting a bit like a wick, and then the once the fire starts the fat just sort of um fuels the fire but it remains sort of localized um i guess because of the nature of meat essentially but um it's not uh here we go i i'm i'm just I, I'm checking it's not the, um, they're just Mary monkey images, but, um, it, you, I'm you, having c-
2: kind of a clockwork orange moment. Can we click off that image? And, uh, yeah, it's on. horrible. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just thinking of our, our audience too. It's
4: just yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. frozen. So, in so I have the book
5: over. open, uh, discussing the stab wounds. Brilliant. Um, uh, if you want, I can share my screen and show that.
4: Sure, hang on. Let me just. When you're done, um, I'm just trying to just bring up examples of spontaneous human combustion, but um, I, I I don't know, but yeah, that's that's a very sort of um iconic picture that I remember um, from when I was a kid. But um, I mean, if you lead, had to go,
5: spontaneously combusting would definitely. Be pretty crazy.
4: How? How? I mean, you know, you know, that was a time when people would just look. I've fallen asleep with cigarettes in my hand, and you know, there was, you know, thank God I lived in an age where they'd sort of started to put fire retardant into into sofas (laughs) and chairs, so um, you know, I can. You know, so, so we're basically saying that Mary was killed at the lab by a high voltage, dragged back to her apartment, and then they tried to um burn the apartment down
5: well, well let, what this yeah what let, this let says is that
4: out. yeah that she was
5: stabbed or that she was electrocuted uh and a stab wound on the anterior aspect of the right ventricle immediately adjacent to the interventricular septum means that she was stabbed dead center in the middle of her heart. So she was electrocuted, burned off a big chunk of her body, but in nightmarish fashion, I guess she's still alive, but probably like unconscious, hopefully. But someone stabbed her heart perfectly to kill her quickly which would indicate someone with medical knowledge, but, you know, who's to say? Then she was taken back to the apartment, thrown on the bed, wrapped up, and then they uh, staged this um, fake fire, but they also staged fake stab wounds to hide the evidence of the original actual stab that killed her or ended her life. I mean, she was, she was going to die
4: from that electrocution, but... Mm. Um. So, it, is it possible that it was just you know she was working late the systems malfunctioned it it caused that massive injury and then um they had to cover it up yeah they, they because just... what they
5: were working on was it was a secret it was a secret weapon um the autopsy was por- performed on the morning of uh, July twenty first, nineteen sixty four. Now, I think that by this point, Judith and Lee Harvey Oswald had been fired from. or if it was, Which is another they... mind
4: blowing. Just link to the
5: right. But but without without, <laughs> let's just turn off our reactionary mode to that. Dissociate from the shock of that bullshit. Um, it is curious to me that Mary dies this way right around the same time that Judith and Lee refused to participate in experiments on prisoners with, SV, with their SV-40 descendant weapon.
4: Uh, so it's, yes. it
5: could have almost been that Mary was, I mean, it, it's, it would have much been, been much better ways to, to get rid of her if they were if they were if that was an intentional murder. Do you know what I mean? Like the last thing you're gonna do is murder somebody with a fucking highly unique weapon. <laughs> that's it's like, how could this have happened? I don't know. I mean, was she playing on a transformer? Um, or maybe she was working on this particle, but it's kinda like the Wuhan lab for coronaviruses being right next to the wet market. Oh. We're surprised we have a coronavirus. Nothing we, to see here. So, I mean, they clearly wouldn't have wanted to draw attention to the fact that they had that thing going on there. Yes. So,
4: so it was, it, it, in my mind, it sort of more fits the pattern of... They didn't mean to get rid of her. She, she was probably very valuable no. to the research team. She's... Working, I don't know, late at night or by herself, I don't know, maybe she's trying to fix something um, and boom, she gets uh, a discharge. Um, Someone realizes something's gone on. Um, She's probably suffering somewhat if she survives the initial voltage surge. They pierce the heart. Um, which, you know, I'm trying to think, would I, what would I do in that situation where, where you're, you, you realize that that's, no, no one's coming back from having f- <laughs> 30% of their torso I mean, torso you, if you're bent.
5: watching, you, you see this still beating heart in front of you. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's, and I mean, and it's right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, God knows what was going on in that. I mean, it, that seems like a pretty violent experience. Mm-hmm. So, whoever else was around must have had uh, maybe power failures, or um, so there could have been some initial chaos from what happened. Um, maybe, maybe even some fire around the area that had to be put out and then they realize holy shit she's been burned in half Mm. i mean it's just speculation but
4: right um, so but my my sort of thinking was that oh they got rid of her because she was i don't know gonna be a whistleblower something but just looking at it and sort of working through this and sort of looking at that and i i didn't know about the stab wound so um, yeah, more, more lab accident. And in order to make sure that that facility isn't coming under scrutiny, they then, I don't know, think on their feet, oh <laughs> wrap the body up, stick it in the trunk of a car, take it into an apartment and then set the, the apartment on fire.
5: And, and, you know, there were a whole lot of things that were going on in New Orleans around this same time. Um, bomb bombs uh, bombs going off in buildings, like uh, was, uh, shootings in buildings that were. I mean, it's just crazy things. It was a very unusual time in New Orleans and the rest of the country. We, I, I think, I mean, if 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 what they say about Kennedy is correct that the CIA was involved, uh, it does appear that maybe around that time. There was a coup in the United States and, um, and this was all part of like, these were all little battles, not, not Mary's death. I don't, I think her death was just sort of a lab accident and a cover up on that. But, but you had a whole system of like this hidden underground war that was going on. And, um, in, in that kind of system, I would imagine that they have a policy of how to cover up deaths. And how to you know? So go ahead.
2: I'm so sorry. I didn't. I, didn't, I mean to trim off your last uh, your thought there. Sorry about that. I I was very fascinated by uh, Judas' comment that there were a great number of scientists killed around this work. Yeah, and she over mentioned. Right? She mentioned a large number. Yeah, it was, I was. think she said. I for some reason I think 116 or 164. I forget what the. But it was big. Uh, it kind of knocked my socks off. I I have a suspicion about that as I watch different scientists in the Special Virus Cancer Program who were as evidenced by the papers that they published, the work they were actually doing and the people that they were right next to, that then suddenly had a a brief illness at the age of 51 and died in the space of three months or six months or fell off a parking garage or drowned, fell off their kayak and drowned when they had been, you know, water sports enthusiasts their whole life. There's so many of those stories that, Um, That just as a little sort of a quick side, side, you know, journey here is what um, I really connect with uh, John O'Loughlin over and his dad, uh, he believes was uh, targeted with an aggressive weaponized. Uh, hepatitis, and he thinks that it was something uh, abnormal, something outside of normal wild hepatitis B, uh, because his dad got it under some interesting circumstances as he joined and got a high-ranking post in Washington, D.C., uh, and then died very quickly. But that's something that he and I have sort of just connected over. And I, I wonder how many families, brothers and sisters and parents and whatnot, um, have stories out there about their loved ones who were serving their country and and doing um, a very, you know, a, a high a high priority job to begin with and and secure, certainly. Uh, but then if they exposed or expressed moral misgivings about how is this work going to be used? where where are we applying this? And they become flagged as a risk and they get pulled into that cleanup mechanism, that's where, um, you know, it's one of the the things that I would like to, you know, chase that rat out of the house as we do this NIH DOD housekeeping exercise. Charles, right. what do you what do you think about that? I don't I don't hear you going on and on about historical, you know, hits in scientists and in, in these sorts of departments. But you might have some insights. What is what is your experience been?
3: Well, the. The. There's a a disturbing correlation between um, the the number of deaths, um, and the study that I'm thinking of in particular is not related to this, but it was more informal, and somebody was counting. I want to say around two thousand, like so, just around and just after, like the anthrax attacks. People, I, I forget even where I saw the what website it was on, but but basically, pretty much yes, everything that you're talking about, there have been um, spikes of unusual deaths, especially, especially when dealing with um, with biological agents. And I think in a lot of ways, it's easy to write those off as research-related accidents because, well, I mean, researcher's working in a lab. Yeah, daddy,
2: daddy tracked anthrax home on his shoes. Too bad yeah. they all died. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yes. well, because, I mean, it's one thing to see where there's, like, there's random um, CJD deaths in France because people were working with Krutso-Jakob disease straight from people who died, working with their remains after they died, after eating, you know, cow meat or whatever. And so you can see that chain and it kind of makes sense. But then there's random ones where, okay, there's really not a, a good reason why so many microbiologists need to die for no reason. Um, and I would say one thing that's really not well understood is, this used to happen all the time in Russia <laughs> and not just because they were weapons, but because they
5: still does happen. You see how many people fall out of windows
3: the well, past yes, three so years? They, they do. Um, and that's where you, you really have to kind of dig deeply because unfortunately so many, especially in virologists and microbiology and things like that, there's a certain subset of fields, whether it's in the United States or in Russia or China or other places where there's a lot of these types of deaths all the time and they come in bursts and I've I've found this in researching for well I mean just when researching Stephen Hatfield looking at SEB but he was the first guy suspected of the anthrax and I, I mean you could look at so many of these historical incidents and as I recall so you had you had a spate of deaths um, in the late '80s, or, or dealing with the origin of HIV. You saw the same thing after the anthrax attacks, and I mean, we, some people even say you saw something similar to that leading up to to COVID. But but regardless of where you look, I mean, I'm I'm friends with Merrill Nass now and. And uh, and I'm trying to, to to connect with with Garth Nicholson, but but there's a lot of people who've seen a lot of these strange deaths happen. In fact, Garth Nicholson, who before he investigated stuff and, and started becoming aware of biological weapons things, his buddy in 1982 who I think at the time was the head of the MD Anderson Cancer Center at the University of Texas at Austin. Um, his fellow doctor scientist was murdered. Somebody just walked straight into his office in 1982, pulled out a gun, shot him, walked out of the building and said to like the, the secretary oh, yeah, sitting there, it, oh yeah, there's a mess in there. You might want to go clean it up. And, and that was when – but, but what I didn't know at the time and what Garth Nicholson didn't know at the time is that he had been working with some sort of secret experiments that were taking place at Texas prisons in the late 70s, early 80s. So, yes, I have seen this happen all the time. And as it just so happens, having just worked for RFK Jr., I can attest that uh, he's seen a lot of that too. So. You know, the one
5: that sticks out to me, and, and the the farther down this fucked up path we go, uh, is Kerry Mullis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he died of pneumonia. What an Which irony. Which does kill
3: a lot of people. I mean, it does kill a lot of it people. Does. So. It
5: does. But in Newport people. Beach um i don't th- you know he's he lived up the road when i first learned about him and i saw his whole rant about fauci not knowing shit, i was like wow well, i gotta interview this guy and then it was like yeah oh he's dead
4: yeah and so that was kind of right prior to um SARS. august yeah sars emerging and in august being an unusual time especially
5: in cool. orange county to get
3: pneumonia that's actually what I was about to say is that 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 does stand out specifically because it's highly unusual for anybody to to get stricken down by any sort of flu in the summer because that, that's not really seasonally that's not really the way that works so
2: I wouldn't be surprised if there was a weaponized RSV and you know John I'm sure you're you're familiar that Pneumonia isn't a, isn't a disease. It's a disease complex state like AIDS, you know, isn't a disease. It's uh, what kills you is the collapse of your immune system and two or three oncogenic pathogens. and they swarm in and you can't, you know, you can't hold up. Um, but uh, pneumonia is something that they've been tinkering with RSV for as, you know for years and years and years, like all of these others in the catalog.
3: Um, well, has a fear and cleavage site.
4: You you that's were breaking the up there, Charles. Um, we didn't catch try
2: that. again. Yeah, see
4: again.
3: Oh, sorry. Uh, it has a Fearing cleavage
4: site. Mm. Uh, it, it's still so. bright. what doesn't have Fearing cleavage site?
2: No, he said it ha- He said RSV has a Fearing cleavage. Site. Oh, well, oh, okay,
4: okay. Sorry.
2: And and did John Jason just... McClellan make it too? <laughs> Probably. No, so you're aware of the, we do this a lot, the Ouroboros, you know, the serpent eating its own tail. RSV is another one of these that comes out of the primate work. RSV Mm. was originally called Chimpanzee cariza Agent. And we Mm. got it in people from using primates for the production of human biologicals along with a great number of other things in the primate catalog. So that's, that's one of the gifts that keeps on giving from that era. Um, so coming back to SV 40, you know, the, the title of the discussion is sort of ex- exploring SV 40 and we, we rabbit hole pretty hard on the the crime scene. <clears throat> I think it's really good to hear Charles, testimony about um you know i haven't i haven't studied a whole bunch of them because it creeps me out it, it gives me the heebie-jeebies but I'm, I'm aware that a lot of people journalists scientists um you know any number of people connected to research whether they're bench scientists or not can die suddenly um, in, in, in concerning circumstances. And we see patterns of this from other scientists in the SPCP, uh, including one called Saul Spiegelman. Saul worked closely with uh, George Todaro and with uh, Robert Gallo on primate oncogenic viruses. So that means viruses from primates that uh, either directly or together with other viruses are involved in cancers of some type uh, and sold died of a brief illness at the age of 53 in the early eighties. Uh, Dr. Wolf Smoonis, the lead, we'll say hepatologist. He was the hepatitis B specialist who ran the men's study for hepatitis B vaccine in New York, starting in 1978. He, I just found a, uh, 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 someone had had presented at his memorial. uh, And it was one of the scientists that worked very closely with him and apparently on the national NIAID hepatitis study. And they were talking about Dr. Smoonis's behavior leading up to his death. And at the monthly check-ins that they were doing on the men's hepatitis study unbeknownst to me i never knew this until i heard someone talk about him post-mortem he was raising the alarm bells they said every month he came in and was getting more and more distressed about what was going on with the study participants i'd never seen that before but Smoonis died of a brief illness uh in his mid-50s in i think 1982 so there's there's a pattern that if you begin I mean that right there for me is cause and effect he was there he probably had no idea what was adulterated in the heptavax trial I don't see his name in any of the early virology work or the SVCP uh, scientists like Gallo and the others, Uh, but Spiegelman was there. Some of Spiegelman's materials are locked down in the National Library of Medicine for 50 years, as are a number of other scientists from this program. So again, it comes back to that, that principle that Kevin brought up of disappearing ink, things that we know occurred we are am oftentimes from a scientific level only allowed to see the title of the paper unless you're willing to go to the source journal and pay that 40 bucks or you have some way around it. So there's there's a lot of things that are scrubbed. And for me, that's just like when a parent puts a book up on the top shelf. That's, the, that's what I wanna read. I wanna go, I wanna know what they put out of reach. And when they scrub this stuff, Um, We get, you know, that that helps us. It's actually kind of a compass. You start doing lookups with certain scientific names to see what was the full body of what you were involved in, and you find that 95% of their papers have no abstract, no other details, and in fact, often they'll even scrub the DOI number off of it, and you have to go to, you know, some extra lengths to dig it up, and you find out that they were involved in some real pretty shit.
5: Todaro, I backgrounded him. He's in uh, Seattle now, I think.
2: Oh, he's still around? Yeah. Ah, wow. That's somebody to get on the sidewalk as he's walking. Where is he at? Uh, Is he at University of Washington or where is he? Yeah,
5: he actually lives very close to UW. Interesting.
2: He's old as as dirt.
5: Yeah. Near the Brotman Bay and uh, Brotman Batty Institute, where they research coronaviruses. I have this, like, whenever I do my work now, I just map this shit out. Yep. Um, and I because it'll eventually you'll start finding like crazy patterns of people that shouldn't be close to each other, but then you're like, oh my god, they're neighbors, <laughs> and and then it gives you this whole, am I living in a simulation vibe? Mm. Um
4: but but uh it's sort of it's sort of more points to are they parts of programs and you know look when as i've sort of moved across institutes that they'll they'll have housing right available that's you know university or institute owned and um you can get plotted up in there and then um Although you start people people will move but not far from there, right? So the mm-hmm. institute and the program acts sort of like a sort of seeding environment and then you, you you'll get these people clustering and like I say if these if these programs which seem so pervasive and like I say the the disturbing aspect is, is that they they took them and they they've put them into civilian um institutes and and academies and uh, hidden them in um you know, hosp- hospitals and um where where this type of research well research shouldn't have been happening in the first place but um they've i i think they've tried to obfuscate much of it by you know again behind the guise of um always oh, we're, we're studying cancer or we're studying whatever whatever disease and you know the I, I'm, I'm actually kind of reminded of um well it's it's a anecdote that Charles should relay which is the relationships between um Gary and uh it's the, the African lab I want to say with K okay, but um yeah you're talking about the lab in kanema-
3: Sierra, Sierra yeah.
4: Leone. Yeah, yeah, and so that's it's it's the same same people, same lab, same that that's even New Orleans if you're tying in Gary, um, but um, you know perhaps
3: Tulane right. University,
4: um, perhaps uh, relate to the audience, you know, that, because the. This involves, you know, potentially their next operational step if they if they're going to push in that direction, which is um, Ebola type um, diseases, and it's a it's a good data point. So if you don't mind, Charles. Um, oh,
3: good Lord! Um, well, I, I hope my
4: my connection is good
3: enough. I'm kind of in a black hole here. In Fredericksburg, Virginia, but um, so so, I, I missed the the first portion of this. I can see that it's about SV40, and so I think it's it's important to just kind of throw out there that okay, w- ultimately what what are they trying to do? They're discovering viruses that can cause cancer or exacerbate cancer, etc., and among the the chemical signatures that that they've discovered in the early 90s that relate to this um furin um furin expression is something that that they were kind of learning about but oh i think only about eight the late 80s or early 90s when they publicly um once they really started understanding these um well how proteolytic stuff occurs and what exactly is taking place and in this case, furin is another part of this axis that revolves around immune like how your immune system functions and immune dysregulation leads to neurodegenerative diseases it leads to cancer formation and so once again, all of these things are, are things that they've been very, very focused on for a very long time. And this SV40, they knew it was cancer causing. They appear to have like super like supercharged it. But at the same time, they were also learning about furin and that it was useful for a whole bunch of different things because when you when furin is expressed in your body, all the cells that are that are nearby in the in the vicinity of wherever this is happening, there's up to three times the number of cancerous cells popping up as normally. So this is a signal for cancerous cells to form. So you don't want too much of it. So so it's a very finely regulated. Your body is very finely tuned machine, and when there's too much furin. Being expressed, as in when you're infected with with a virus that that can feed off of this, for lack of a better word, um, then that's a real bad because as you're infected with this pathogen, you're also experiencing a heightened risk or heightened production of these cancerous cells, and which is just another way um, to well. To, to, to feed the cancer. And the fact that this is happening with a virus that, can al- that already knows how to infiltrate your immune system, it's kind of like it has that aspect of HIV, but it's even more effective. And at the end of the day, I think that, I mean, you can't look at it any other way as, other than what they wanted was to be able to mess with people's immune systems, and what they've done is they've figured out all, all these different ways that they can do it. And SV40 was the was the start starting point of this, where they really started to, they saw what they had, and then they started tinkering with it. And furin is just one of those things that they were, one of those mechanisms that they were learning about that is how all these things occur. And it's only one of them but it's a big one because it also deals with transmission of viruses as well. So w- what you're seeing is all of these things connected. And as it just so happens, as you were mentioning with Tulane University, um, R- Robert Gary and Bill Gallagher and other people, they were studying specifically um Fusion peptides, which is another aspect of how HIV and Ebola and all of these viruses that also deal with furin, they, they also have a very similar fusion peptide, so they can be theoretically, if you, if you find the right combination of chemicals, you can actually block many or all of these viruses using the same basic chemical which is another thing that they specifically have been looking at in New Orleans since the late eighties when uh, Bill Gallher was one of the discoverers of the fusion peptide in the HIV virus and in Ebola and in SARS-1 and in MERS and in H1N1 and in pretty much you name it. So I'm not saying that this has been a focus of theirs, but I am kind of saying that. And once again, all of this kind of grew out of the SV40 stuff because there is the same goal, just different paths and different ways to maximize what they're trying to do. Hopefully, that is some sort of <laughs> well, uh, some sort of
4: encapsulation. I, I still want to um go over the uh the Ebola or, or them getting kicked out from um.
3: Well, well, so so Ebola, so once again, why why does Robert Gary what focus on Ebola, loss of fever, HIV, Newcastle disease, like these are all very disparate, not necessarily connected diseases from different parts of the world, but what do they all have in common? They all have a class one fusion peptide, and they all have furin as one of the mechanisms for how they invade cells. So, um, the fact that they were in Ebola, or, I'm sorry, the fact that they were in Kinema, Sierra Leone in, in late 2013, early 2014, isn't surprising because, because Gary and Christian Anderson, wouldn't you believe it, how shocking, and metabiota Like, all these people, so Scripps, Tulane, and Metabiota, those three organizations, all under something called the Viral Hemorrhagic Fever Consortium, which is run by Christian Anderson and Robert Gary, Um, they had been operating this lab, and they were testing ostensibly loss of fever, but for some reason there was an outbreak of Ebola Zaire in Ghana in in spring of 2014 and there's some, there's a big rash of deaths from late 2013 early 2014 from Sierra Leone that are never considered Ebola even though they looked a lot like Ebola so uh, I mean there have been uh, Sam Husseini and uh, Jonathan Latham. I've talked to both of them separately about this, but not um, at different times. Uh, they they did a lot of the research to to really kind of bring it to the fore. But but these people were literally operating a lab, and then a strain of Ebola that had never been seen within two thousand miles of that location in West Africa suddenly appeared. And this particular strain of Ebola is adept at using the furin cleavage site. And even the Africans believe it was a lab leak from this kinema laboratory. But that is never reported in the Western press. You can go to DuckDuckGo, search it, and you can find all sorts of stories from news outlets in Africa. You will not find it here in the West, except for that one article that that's, that's Sam and, and Jonathan wrote. So um, th- the bottom line is, is that it seems very obvious or very likely that this lab, which happened to be the first lab to receive samples from patients that were Ebola, at the very beginning of the outbreak, it seems very likely that it was also the source of that Ebola strain, which had never been seen outside of, well, Zaire. So... 1500 to 2,000
4: miles to the east so well, I'm not just, like just, just like, I'm uh... a but
3: that's, a, that's a big difference just like Wuhan just like yeah. Yunnan province being a thousand miles away from Wuhan and suddenly showing up three miles or three to five miles away from you know the world number one coronavirus lab you know I'm, I'm sure it's a coincidence but the viral hemorrhagic fever consortium lab was shut down in, in I think May of 2020? It was March or May and they were kicked out of the country like they weren't allowed back in the country like, like Bill Gallagher I'm sorry, Robert Gary specifically was not allowed back in the country he was kicked out of the country Metabiota was kicked out and them and guess who wrote the origin papers for that? Robert Gary Christian Anderson and Andrew Rambo Eddie Holmes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. The exact same people.
4: Yeah, it's a it's a real sordid little network, right? And um I'm just uh you know, had it not been for SARS, we would all be ignorant to what these what these bastards have been up to. Um, you know,
3: well, now I do want to point out that it was was it Andrew Rambo, um, no, it was Christian Drosten, who separately came up with the PCR test for SARS, and then MERS, and then in twenty twenty, SARS CoV two. I don't know if you knew that.
4: Well, uh, from speaking to Joanna, but. Um... <laughs> you know, she's she's uh, hardly uh, his greatest fan. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I, you know the the issue we have here is just um, how how to make a dent in this um, industry, because that's that's essentially what it's become, right? Um, you know what would have what would have been historically black projects right so the the kill Castro type programs uh, with viruses um, has now has now morphed into um, this trillion trillion dollar industry which um, so many people are looking to um, feed off and and continue to keep keep developing and you know which sort of ties into um, why I wanted to just speak about SV40 which is you know obviously uh, Kevin McKernan's work of just finding the 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 plasma contamination that you know was known or or, or was anticipated to be such a problem that they they or could be a problem that they had limits in in their um emergency use authorization documents and you know what we seem to be on the precipice of confirming so i'm hoping in the next week or two that we'll finally nail those um pieces into into place um with i would love i would love
3: to help help you hammer in the nails on that
4: uh well yeah you uh May just, uh, you know, synchronistically. Uh, yeah, who knows what may happen, Charles? <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Um. So but, the. But yes. But we need to get them. To, we need. What we need for people is to understand
3: that they knew about all of these things, and that's the problem. Is 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 getting that message out there, because as we've seen, they don't want that message to get out there but that's that's all that's literally all it is people need to understand that they knew about all of this because once they do then they have to come to terms with the fact that they knew and what that means i don't know what it means nick doesn't know what it means but but we know that it's true and we know that we cannot like we can't move past this step of the 12 steps until we understand that they knew, because once we do whatever that means, at least we we stop pretending that, that it's anything else.
4: Well, it's, and, and this is where the pernicious, um, one health uh, Orwellian truth, post truth world is that 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 they're, they're trying to establish right and um the the problem is is that they seem to be precariously close to being able to pull that off with um the world health organizations whatever pandemic treat is and people say, and countries sort of signing away sovereignty under under those under those conditions um it's a uh, yeah it's a it's a perilous perilous time i know i know we sort of um mentioned Naomi at the beginning and i'm gonna ask um perhaps we could go back to that because um I can hear my kids um going at it in the background so um Nick or John, if you wanted to, I think Nick is- Go knock some
2: heads together. Yeah, go ahead. um, Put on your cape and boots and go be super dead. Okay.
5: Tonight's episode is brought to you by trees. Trees, they provide shade and fresh air. (laughs) Also brought to you by crack. Have you tried crack?
0: (laughs) Biden's own.
2: (laughs) um so i I will say this because he doesn't need a 20 minute filler he needs a three minute filler um first of all uh charles thank you for joining us because awesome uh i i I like what you're bringing to the perspective here as we kind of go back and forth i don't think we're going to have a big heavy science show tonight about sv40 origin point what i've pulled up is a paper that i just recently gave to kevin mckernan and said hey take a look at the sequences that they found in these frozen samples. They took samples that had been in a, in a serum institute of some type and thawed them out. These were from 1956 and 1960 or 61, and sequenced a number of, they found a number of SV40 isolates in these frozen vaccine samples. Um, and in the course of this paper, they also discuss a number of other uh, primate pathogens. And I just want to point out the kind of jujitsu that they do. Right here, they say, apart from S, which stands for simian, uh, simian virus 40, a number of primate polyomaviruses have been isolated. JCV, which stands for John Cunningham virus, which is a horrible, it leads to a horrible disease. And BKV are human viruses. But no, they're not. They're they're primate polyomaviruses and they have shared genetics and homologies and things like that. So right here they try to they try to say, Oh yeah, there's lots of there's lots of primate germs in people. Now these are people germs because we found them in people. We found them in diseases in people. But the, the what they're covering up right here is about 17 years, not only of the biowarfare, the virology work, but just the use of primates in the production of everyday biologicals that you as a three-year-old, a five-year-old, a 10-year-old would go in and get your shots. What you wouldn't know is, is that the soil that that product was grown up on uh, came from a monkey's body. It came from a kidney cell culture and it could have a great number of, of passenger, uh, you know, unattended, they call them non-target pathogens. <clears throat> but coming back to Naomi, Naomi had their fingers all up in this. Now think of Naomi as a folder. Just like there's MK Ultra was not a single project, it was a whole portfolio of projects. MK Naomi was the same. Yep. <laughs> Whereas Ultra dealt with, uh, with most people say oh LSD, LSD. Yes, LSD was a big focus in MK Ultra. There were a lot of other chemistry related activities. M.K. Naomi was biological. It was bacteriological and virological. So that's where the CIA was there with the U.S. Army r and Department on campus at Fort Dietrich, all during this era that we're discussing here, which has two different labels. One is that program, the SVCP. Kevin and I say that all the time. The other is an era of science called medical primatology and we don't have time to unpack tonight. I mean, we need, we need to go back, Kevin, and look at it and give it credit um, and, oh, and focus just on Naomi. And cause it's got its, it's its own octopus with, you know, arms and well-known people. There have been great studies of Naomi. Um, there's a whole, there's a whole, I think two, at least two different congressional sequences, uh, congressional hearings, John, about, The CIA being held to task. Somebody in the chat earlier put up one of the artifacts that I think was just just a red herring. They had a little secret dark gun that they could put a poison in. It could have a pathogen in it. It could have a poison, Um, but that was one of the things that the CIA, you know, sort of. Did a feigned confession about, in my opinion, at right. the 1973 hearings. And they said, Oh, we we confess we've got this dart gun. They didn't talk about crossing pathogens from animals into people and making weaponized cancers. They didn't bring any of that up. And they said, Oh, we've got we've got a couple of vials of shellfish poison, cells, shellfish toxin. You know, these were the red herrings that came out in that in those discussions. But um, I, that's, you know, that's what I'll say about, uh, about, uh, MK Naomi tonight. There's, there's a whole lot more about it.
5: Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the way they reveal information, it's so bizarre. Um, I, I, saw the thing just a week or two ago, actually, that you were just talking about that testimony where they admitted they had the gun, they handed it to the Senator, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
5: the, some I mean they they tell us everything that they do, and then they have or or maybe our people are just so stupid that that you know like like for example, uh, I sent a link to a former Navy pilot friend of mine, and uh, it it's it's how they use planes to make it snow. Yeah, um, and we've been doing this apparently in China since the '40s. Yeah, uh, China was doing, but they they uh, they chemtrail with iodine. It looks like
2: stratospheric uh, aerosolized injection. Yes,
5: right. And and think about how well that science must have developed over the last 40, 50 years. They had smoke screens they would use in uh, in the navy. Um, I mean, this is you know th- these are these are just practical real science in 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 actuality right now that our world has but when you talk about it there's like this whole fucking wall of idiots that come out and go oh you're crazy chemtrails you No, know, well that's <laughs> like, why dude.
2: that's why like if someone says if someone says to you conspiracy theorist instead right. of I used to just respond with an insult. I would, I, there's no problem. I can come up with a, a counter insult, but instead I open up the 1967 regional, you know, the branch C-I-A. agency memo. Yeah. And yeah. say, do you see where this entered our language, where the concept of just insulting somebody for bringing up some strange or difficult to approach evidence of something that it's just much easier to insult them and ridicule them and diminish them and call them a conspiracy theorist. You're using it like a punchline. The CIA appreciates your help. You know, that's, that's how I, I respond with that now.
5: I actually I use that same thing against a lawyer that uh asked me if i was a conspiracy theorist um and i and i said well actually that term was coined by the cia but uh, i'm just trying to ascertain fact but now i am more concerned about the coincidence theorists out there that think nothing happens Mm. ever (laughs) uh and and
2: and the funny thing is that that's a psychological that's a psychological (laughs) phenomena called what denial uh Confirm confirmation bias. Bias. Yeah. And you've got to you got to unpack that as a mechanism and help work around it because you're right. There's a whole lot of of, of knuckle draggers out there. There's a lot of of uh, people that are very two dimensional. And, um, and there are a lot of other people we're standing on the shoulders of some phenomenal people, we wouldn't be where we're at, without the work of those people that came before us, like your interview with Judith, you know, that kind of work is fantastic. But uh, so anyway, sorry, please.
5: You know, you look at the work that uh, Judith and the other kids were doing back for their science experiments. I mean, she was She was working with lab rats as a science experiment for her school. I have the old articles from papers where she talked about she was working on cancer in high school. Juxtapose that with what our kids are studying, right? (laughs) Uh, You know, navel gazing their gender or I, I, I don't, I just don't, I feel like we've dumbed down somewhere. We've gotten really stupid in the last 50 years. Because and, uh, we a
2: couple of things. We don't like to fail. And we saw right. kids start to fail in what, the 70s? You mm-hmm. know, not not catastrophically, but as far as that whole, how are the Chinese doing? How are Indian kids doing? How are German kids doing? Um, you know, we, we certainly weren't the sharpest tools in the shed for a while. But uh, by the way, Uh, speaking of speaking of coming just to put uh, I want to I want to put a little, uh, you know, flourish of my wand to the chemtrail issue during the 1960s. Do you know how much money we are now paying back to Vietnam in reparations for poisoning and Cambodia for poisoning their countries? How much? Oh, billions. We just had another major settlement a couple of years ago. And this is all about Monsanto. And remember, mm-hmm. if you don't know, Monsanto was one of the Hydra heads that split off of IG Farben after the war. So it mm-hmm. certainly wasn't staffed by Swiss and Irish scientists. You know, it was full of German names.
5: Yeah. Uh, and, we, you know, I, I think the companies that... It always seems to go back to Pfizer, Monsanto, and those, those douchebags. Um, the company that manufactured the polio ma- vaccine and developed it inevitably i think wound up back in or in pfizer bear and uh so if we take them out we'll be getting at, we'll be getting rid of the people that got rid of that, that pushed on the sv40 and the polio virus
2: well we're doing the children oh, now
5: yeah so you know it, it always keeps coming back to pfizer you know and another funny thing about Pfizer. Uh, so I work in production, television production, video, and stuff like that. Um, about 15 years ago or so, maybe maybe not even that long. Adobe products, you know, Adobe PDF Reader, After Effects, Photoshop, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they stopped having Creative Suite and they and they transitioned to a rental policy.
0: So we used to only. be able
5: to. Yeah. We used to be able to pay like 1200 bucks and we'd buy the latest CS five, six, whatever creative suite. And we'd get all the apps and we had them, right? You'd have, you could install it on your main computer and your laptop and you were good. They'd give you updates, but they weren't that often. And, and you could sort of plot and plan your business accordingly. And if you didn't want to update, you didn't have to, then they changed it. They changed it to subscription only. And they added one or two features that you really did kind of want to have, um, And then all the plugins would only work with the new versions and OS software like Mac OS would only work with it. So you really had no choice. And we bitched and moaned about that for years. Now, uh, Shantoo, Narian is, uh, the CEO of Adobe, Mm -hmm. I'm butchering his name, but it's okay. He's also on the board of Pfizer. And I think he's there, not because he brings anything to the medical world, but because he knew how to transition people over to a rental model that they had to have.
2: You mean like uh, compulsory uh, insurance?
5: (laughs) Compulsory insurance, compulsory vaccines. Sure. Never-ending boosters. Like he understood and somehow went through and forced everyone to do it. So. That's why he's on the board. Or I, I can't. I just. I don't see any other reason why you would have sort of this technology engineer involved in Pfizer. And Adobe software in general leaves bugs uh, in its software forever. We're dealing with a movie right now, um, and there's a bug where you can't export clips properly. <laughs> like without taking. Like there's something called a LUT. You know what a LUT is.
2: Um, i don't i for for video i'm all camtasia okay i love camtasia it's but it's it's, i'm a photoshop guy
5: yeah Yeah, there's it's just like a color correction that's sort of baked in that you can change and turn off off and on you shoot your video it's sort of flat and gray looking um and then you put a LUT on it and it brings out depth um and it, it gives you kind of cool looks uh, think of it like an Instagram filter, but on steroids. I'm
2: thinking of yeah, of like curves and levels in Photoshop. Yeah, yeah, yep.
5: Um, so th- there's a there's a glitch in in Adobe Premiere. I, I'm an Apple guy, so I don't use it unless I absolutely have to. The Premiere stuff, but I do use After Effects a lot. Anyway, it's just they just they don't fix certain things, and they'll say they fix them, and then they'll introduce new bugs. So for for that guy to be involved in this vaccine. A lot of things are starting to make sense. Sorry, well, I got Bill Gates tangent there.
2: No, no, Bill Gates involved in anything to do with health. It's like you know that because he can put, wear a sweater and and rumple his hair and pontificate about well, global health. You know. You know. Yeah, well, yeah, you know. Yeah, I I I met I I I started out being because of Microsoft being very beneficial in business and technology, for the most part, just helping people do their stuff and, and express information and, and catalog it in a way that we hadn't before, you know, that was very archaic. It was on paper. And I liked what Microsoft did. Then I, I met some people who really were harsh critics of Bill Gates and then his dad, who I didn't really knew nothing about, and for a long time I was just a dumb, I was like, Oh no, you can't be mean to Bill. He, you know, brought us Microsoft Windows, and you know, and little did I know at the time. So I'm covering on the corner. But yeah, I, I agree. He's another example of why, what, what why in the world are you talking to anyone about health? Because you can right. buy scientific opinion to help shape some horrible draconian nightmare that is a foregone conclusion of your eugenics. You know, that's, that's you, you talk about it openly. You can't help but steeple your fingers about it. You know, we watched what you invested in as this whole thing went down. We saw what your returns were during the arc of the three years of the COVID event. So, you know, and, and he bragged about it. So it's like, this is, ugh. He's, he's, uh, we need to get him away from, you know, and and I think there's a lot of people pushing on these folks. Um, but that was one at Adobe. I wasn't aware of.
5: Yeah. That when I saw that, I was like, are you kidding me? Um, so we were talking about like, how are we going to nail, you know, this, the, the, put the nail in the coffin on this thing. Um, as miserable as this is, I feel like we are getting more public awareness do you know what I mean? It seems like more people are avoiding any further boosters and and starting to ask questions. Like the average person, now you're still going to have these acolytes. But do you guys see that where you are like people are waking up a little bit or am I just deluding myself?
4: Uh I I, I well, it's it's all anecdotal to some extent, but you know, I think the data is showing that the uptake of vaccines has dropped precipitously um the but then you know how many times do you have to convince people what did what what did we get through six rounds right right and then even the most sort of ardent um believer is going to just start asking the most basic of questions, right? Which is, um, at what point, at what point does it stop? And you know, the e- even in the best of cases, I imagine you're going to feel pretty cruddy for a few days, right? As uh, as it does its thing. Um, <laughs> in the best of right. cases, I should say. Um, yeah, it could be could be much much worse. And the, I, I think that they, they've they run their exercise. They've got data that they can churn through for the next few years. I mean, the, the speed with which they can go through this data now is it's sort of, it's grown so exponentially fast in the last few years. Um, and
5: I just don't trust data. I think data is bullshit now. It's corrupted.
4: Well, yeah. Point,
5: for example, I had a friend who had a um, medical ambulance business. He was a doctor, and um, there was always an accusation that he was, you know, putting people in these medical vans for no reason, just to drive up sales. So I would see. He showed me the billing issues that they would run into. So they'd bill Medicare, Medicaid, whatever, and they would only get paid back like a third, for most you know invoices so the government would just randomly go yeah fuck you we're not going to pay shit and so they would bill over more than they wanted to and this is why you have situations where in america you have hospital systems that charge two thousand dollars for an mri um, to your insurance or to the government because insurance and government are going to basically turn around and shake them down if you bring cash to someone that has an mri system oh it's 200 bucks because they know that they're going to get paid fast. So when COVID comes along, hospital billing systems know they're going to be paid in full for that. Therefore, every patient that comes through there has COVID. And that drives the wrong data to say that people died from COVID when, you know, it was a motorcycle accident or an allergy to bullets or whatever actually killed the person. And then all of the data is corrupted and and a computer system or an algorithm isn't going to understand that we're all corrupt in, a, in some way or another. Right. And uh, that people will lie because COVID was just going to be paid for. And I, I haven't seen the data to confirm that hospitals were paid full amounts for what they built, but I would be pretty confident based on what I've heard that COVID was a rare system that incentivized the deaths of people yeah do you know what I mean?
4: yeah but that uh, you
5: were paid more if somebody died if you were paid for them to live, we probably wouldn't have had a pandemic
4: yeah um i I think the u s is a um a unique data point in that respect um i do you know there are still like the illness was there, the carnage was there in other places where there wasn't the financial inducements that were present in the US and so um the uh, it it's a more complex it's a more complex picture than um it it just being money of course it's a big big factor but um you know you have to hang on let me just deal with the kids again for a second hey hey
5: It's kind (laughs) of. Roll your eyes at me. I'll roll
2: your little head down on the
5: floor. (laughs) It's nice to hear someone be chastised in Australian. (laughs) (laughs) It's Cockney. He's Cockney. (laughs) Oh, I thought
2: he was Australian. No, he has a colleague. There's There's a close colleague in the raccoon bunker who's an Australian. Uh, Um, there we go. There's, there's, there's more than, there's more than one. There's, there's one that you have heard of him talk to, uh, you may have heard, and he's got, he's got someone on one of his shows who's a South African who sounds almost like an Australian. It's kind of, it's a strange mix, but sorry, we're just uh, putting a push pin in your, uh, we're
5: having we're having an Anglophile. You're not Australian. Here. my whole image of you is fucked up now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's a Brit in Japan. <laughs> I'm so
5: confused. <laughs> okay so. Um, but but you know I guess I guess my my point is like if if we know that there are elements to the data that are flawed. Um, and then and then you know you had the new england journal of medicine pushing out that they weren't going to focus on epidemiological em- evidence anymore they wanted you know just uh, data right uh, they didn't mm-hmm. they didn't want the they didn't want you to use your eyes and your ears to see and and understand what's going on not
2: look Yeah let's not look Right. At what, what's happening around us let's just
5: pretend everything's fine and so now you have people fully reliant on data and it is like idiocracy. Well, the computer said this,
0: mm-hmm.
5: you know, and, and, and you, and you're dealing with now we know Bill Gates is a corrupted individual in multiple ways. Um, and our PCR systems, I think I mentioned this to you, Kevin, maybe I didn't I run my mouth about this a lot. PCR systems are no different than your uh, Home Depot cash register. Sometimes they're going to return a wrong result. It's just based off of a database. Like scanning a barcode, uh, yeah. and and I investigated these research these PCR systems, and they're Windows based. There's there is a pos I'm not saying every instance of it is incorrect, but there is a possibility for manipulation of data at the server level. Hmm. That um, if if you accept that this may be more of a biological warfare scenario than a standard random oh it's just a cold you know uh, then 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 you have to really start looking around and go where else were we susceptible to manipulation we didn't pay attention to it medications being um sugar pills instead of actual antibiotics uh hydroxychloroquine generic from china possibly sh- sugar pill instead of an actual usable medication um maybe even you could put something bad in those drugs you know uh there's there's so many different vectors for how this could have been manipulated um we already knew you know like jiggy says the three pill situation people people could have been treated with antibiotics and they weren't Uh, um yeah I, 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 i think there was
4: there was an effort to maximize um damage uh, particularly at the outset right that there was um I, I'm I convinced that there was um the, the virus itself but in uh, it, in order think, all...
5: think about how fucking hard it is to get footage of anything in China mm. but suddenly we're getting all this footage of people falling down
4: yeah, but now we have we have people keeling over left, right, and center. Um, I know um, they did
5: it in the White House. <laughs> you know, uh, China had implemented a mandatory vaccination policy in 2019 mm. that took effect, I think, in December of 2019. And I've wondered if what we were seeing was actually
4: yeah, their I've, version I've, I've, of this. I, yeah, I've toyed with that idea myself. and And, you know, I think the evidence... It's not you can't say it's knocked down um overwhelming, but th- there's there's too many indicators that it was circulating earlier than you know the World Health Organization and um the uh, Chinese authorities were saying it now you know right. what what I think may have been one of the more Feasible scenarios is that, you know, maybe that shut down around Fort Detrick in 2019. um, The mysterious flus or respiratory illnesses, I should say, um, in old care homes around that area. All those things need to be properly investigated or should be looked at very, very suspiciously. Right now, So like I say, all, all right. the all those vaping illnesses. I want all those bodies exhumed and those tissues re-examined um, uh, under as um, objective condition as possible. And you know, yeah, un- unplug the Ethernet cable from your PCR uh, device and make sure that these um, that the we're going through and and. Checking the veracity of this data because if if what we've seen is a like I say this manifestation of a cliche, but next next generation warfare and, and the biological agents were a big a big factor of that. Then yes, every 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 nut and bolt comes comes under suspicion now. Until until we can definitively say yes yes or no with respect to um, data points and the right. um, the problem is is that a lot of the dead you know the government paid for cremations and that that evidence has gone right we we don't have the um, literally it's gone up in smoke and the yeah. um how to um i, I don't know uh, uh, at what level do you try to get redress and you know when when we're in a situation where literally when we're in a hot war with the russians right now who have basically for months over have been saying hey there's there's a whole issue with respect to these programs and we we, we've discussed all the um you know the the networks that are involved and you know these quote-unquote private organizations and cia fronts that were operating out of ukraine um all all of that needs to be properly investigated but it It gets officially shut down even though russia is a permanent member on the u n security council and right. i've i've watched the uh the well that there, there weren't hearings but the, you know the russia basically called for official meetings to raise raise these issues and you know what i would consider the the networks of the western corporate world that's we're probably dealing with have, have shut everything down and we're we're now at uh we're now at that point of contestation and we don't know which way it's gonna go and um in a my, my concern right now is just that they're Perhaps they're feeling the heat a little bit that they they will go to the most extreme levels to try to to cover up what what has taken place. And you know, right. Charles's work and in in just nailing the individuals, the networks, the um, getting on top of the molecular biology, pointing you know finding all this stuff in SARS, which um, points to biological warfare as a primary driver. Um, I don't know. Well, it, there's, there's, that, there's that part
5: where you look at it we're like, okay, we have countries, but I don't think the war is between countries. It's between, like we described it the other night, we had this pretty great space uh, as a, a multinational collection of assholes. Or coalition of assholes mm. that are just that are just sort of acting on their own accord to to just destroy us with every method possible lawfare um you know uh, economic warfare uh which is a george soros thing you know but he's not the only one um and and then you know every, every system that we've it's sort of like a we've created this global system where we make all our medications in China and India, a few other places, but predominantly out of China. Uh, and now we're, we're having to pay for that. We saved a few dollars per bottle. Uh, and, and, you know, there was this, there was this incredible story, um, in 2017 or 2018 where the FDA sent someone to inspect a facility in China and they were held hostage by the fact they ran the factory <laughs> no shit yeah wow. that shit happened <laughs> <laughs> I mean and I mean if that shouldn't have been a warning
4: mm.
5: I don't you know I that, look you'll look it up and you'll be like that that did happen mm. um but well, you and know th-
4: and there's there's a there's another layer of um, complexity that, that comes in here, which is this, um, you know, where, where I ride my hobby horse in, which is the, um, this leveraging of disease pathologies that most people conceptually just struggle with, which is this prion, uh, or the weaponization of prion mechanisms. And the problem I have right now is that everything that i see keeps pointing in that direction because it's the it's the ultimate obfuscation with respect to your agent because the you could have something like sars which is it's you know if you generally the data's in that if you're healthy you're gonna have a generally going to be okay right the minus the sort of long long hauler type um, conditions but which i would i would argue those conditions are the emergence of these um, protein misfolding cascades in a in a chronically inflamed environment and my concern is that they've cottoned on how to how to reliably induce those effects and they they've sort of swung for the bleachers if you like in trying to in in trying to implement it and you know i can't remember which which paper i was looking at i might have been doing it with charles where you know the they're talking about it in in the public bio warfare literature which is the concern that, oh, they can develop something that's transmissible like a cold, but leads to this, um, the, the prion cascades that um, I think we're seeing now. Couple that with a um, a, a, a new way of having the body, you know, the therapeutics, meaning the gene transfection, where your gene, you're making the body express these amyloidogenic peptides at this very fundamental level, right? So it would be bad enough that you would be exposing yourself just to say the peptide via like in, like an injection. But when you go and get the cell to start making these amyloidogenic peptides, that has a whole cascade within the cytoplasm, within the nucleus that um, we're still... I would say, in the public domain still sort of scratching the the surface of it in trying to understand, but in in a weapons context and a black project context, or even even in the the corporate world where they had the resources to be able to go and understand those mechanisms and th- that could be reason enough for them to say well we've we've got it now, and we may as well use it. And that's why we've seen this highly coordinated um, response globally. And, you know, but, like I say, that's not countries. What did you call it? A coalition of... Uh, A multinational, multinational coalition groups. of yeah. assholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... M- MCOA. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
5: so
4: <laughs> the... Um, th- this is where I think we're we're at. And the... Um, you, like you say, we can't. We, we've got to be very skeptical of orthodox science right now when they're trying to say. And this is this is the argument that I get on Twitter. I see it all the time. Oh, we've given it to billions of people, and there's no. Um, it's perfectly fine. Are, are you sure? Yeah, about Yeah, just that? wait. Right. <laughs> just, just wait and look. It, it may be that um, it wasn't as effective as they modeled it out to be, Um, I I mean, there's always that hope.
5: I mean, yeah, my my actual hope would be that the whole damn thing was saline created merely to get people to not be afraid to go out and cut their grass and buy a cheesecake or whatever people do to keep the economy going. Like, wouldn't that be, if that was the lie, (laughs) That would be the most wonderful outcome. And so that everything that we saw was just sort of us looking for our, you know, our own cognitive bias or whatever, right? Like confirmation bias. Um, And that, that would be the best. And I would be very happy with that. Wouldn't you? Uh, I I, I
4: wish, I wish. The the problem, (laughs) the problem is though, that I think we're dealing with these um, psychopaths, (laughs) this dark triad that are, Deify eugenics. Um right. Think about reducing population and well
3: they that... deify control. I I don't know if it's even just eugenics. I think it's it's a matter of they like being in control. Eugenics is a trendy way to 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 really mathematically put a dent in in those things. And so I think it it just naturally works out for them, but the, the problem is that regard it's almost, regardless of, of what has happened, they've been able to, to make so much of it and normalize it so quickly, it's terrifying, because, and what you've really seen is, it's almost like a Western suicide, because you're watching the BRICS nations do the opposite at this point. They're doing the, Brazil gave up um, working with Pfizer. Well, for the most part, um, Russia did its own thing. China did its own thing. And especially India, the fact that India has, well, that, that tells me a lot. It tells me that they see that for whatever reason, the West is involved in this and they don't want any part of whatever this is. Um.
4: They're probably not wrong. <laughs> that's the that's issue. Really we got up. form. We got form there.
5: So the the way to fight this, you know, we're, we're, I think it's pretty obvious that we're in, involved in a psychological operation. Um, the United States and the people of it are they were submitted uh, subjected to a huge psyop. The whole safe and effective thing. The thirteen billion dollars HHS was just flooding the the world with uh, to propagandize everything about this so that it was safe and effective safe and effective driven over and over again all our radio stations had it um you know the tv networks like we we've seen all these compilation videos now of you know everyone saying that you're not safe no one is safe and thus we're all safe and that kind of shit um so it's it's and, and i see that through having done marketing campaigns for 20 years i know what that looks like i mean it's just I get it. I, I know. I see it. It's a re- repetitive thing. It's almost like a spell. Um, so I sent you a link to something that.
4: Yeah, I have it queued up. Um,
5: um, that, that, uh, did you ever see the show Battlestar Galactica? Uh,
4: the old one? I never watched the new one. but.
5: Uh, no, the new one. Oh, dude.
4: <laughs> I, I, I'm familiar so, with it. I just never caught enough of the, um, the, the so this
5: this is a this is a kind of like an inverted psyop right um this this takes i mean i'm not i who knows who made this i i i certainly couldn't say i think it was just some fan probably some highly attractive middle-aged man but uh i don't know who's who made it <laughs> who knows maybe it was ai but right. uh if you want to roll it this will be about three minutes of uh uh this is a speech uh that was from the uh, original pilot of that uh series which was by far one which of the best i have which i, which I have ever.
4: seen i've seen the first couple so um okay let's uh let's let it roll the cost of freedom hopefully can the be
5: high.
1: It, it's good sometimes it's too high why are we as a
4: well, you know what? I'll just uh, I'll, I'll share my screen. We have the technology, right?
2: Genius! Yeah. <laughs> Remember to tick the box to share
4: sound. Uh, yeah. Uh, good. Good reminder. Um, stop share screen. Share sound. All right. And it's a shame Rumble doesn't do full, full screen. But we'll do our best. All right, so...
0: The cost
1: of freedom can be high. Sometimes it's too high. Why are we as a people worth saving? Did you have to move to Vancouver or did you work from California? We still commit murder. Because of greed, spite, jealousy, and we still,
5: I didn't actually work for the show, um, all of
1: our
4: sins. Oh, we can hear you talking in the background, we're guys. are
2: going to learn about how we go, the vaccine we is unless you start giving it. We're not, we're not watching anything, Kevin. I'm not sure, did you, you present you, to, you didn't present to Zoom? You're just showing on the stream? I'm sorry, we're interrupting. Oh, you.
4: oh, 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 sorry. Yeah, i sorry, I didn't, um, my screen lit up, so I, I, I assumed it was sharing, sorry. I'll, I'll rewind dear, it back. Dear Mrs. McCare. <laughs> uh, as much as he'd like to, we
2: don't want Kevin to join the audiovisual club.
4: <laughs> I can hear the kids going at it again. So I- I'll play this and it might be uh, a good a good point of which to um, wrap it up. So hopefully now you can see it and hear it.
1: The cost of freedom that. can be high. Sometimes it's too high. Why are we as a people worth saving? We still commit murder because of greed, spite, jealousy. And we still visit all of our sins upon our children.
3: We're never going to learn about how Facebook vaccine is unless you start giving it.
1: We refuse to accept the responsibility for anything that we've done.
3: We are authoring legislation
0: that will abolish the personal belief exemption that currently allows children who have not received the required vaccinations needed to protect the public health to enroll into our schools.
1: We decided to play God. Create life.
3: One of the things we're exploring is like, why don't we just mutate
1: ourselves? And that life turned against us. We comforted ourselves in the knowledge that it really wasn't our fault. Not really. You cannot play God, then wash your
3: hands of the things that
1: you've created.
3: How can you do this? How can you look into the eyes of a pregnant woman and tell her that this
1: experimental product is safe? Sooner or later... The day comes when you can't hide from the things that you've done anymore.
2: miscarriage uh, Miscarriages increased by 300%, almost 300% increase in cancer, neurological issues which would affect our pilots over a 1,000% increase. 71% of new cases are in the fully vaxxed, and 60% of hospitalizations are in the fully vaxxed. The National Institutes of Health have 180, at least, open cases on fraud, grant fraud. Also, the FBI, they say, working on a 1,000 cases related to China and grant fraud, possibly, uh, with China targeting these researchers. According to the regulations, people who receive royalties are not required to divulge
1: them even on their financial statement according to the Buy dole Act.
2: Our soldiers are being experimented on, injured, and sometimes possibly killed. This is corruption at the highest level. It, it's not a time to say I'm sorry. It's a time to put these bastards in jail. An attack against our homes is underway.
1: How, why, doesn't really matter now. What does matter... That as of this moment, we are at war.
4: Bravo! I love that cantankerous old dude from uh, Canada. He's from the UK originally. He's brilliant.
5: <laughs> it put these bastards in jail. I love yeah. him. He's so it... awesome. <laughs>
4: fantastic but man. you know what
5: i i i think that this just frames frames the fight right mm-hmm. um and you know i'm i think i'm sandboxed uh to the world um after a full year of putting out content like this i have 304 rumble followers
4: but <laughs> well, there you go folks. So I've, I've got 1300 and um...
5: nice <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, I, I, my hope is that I may not be allowed to reach the full audience of the world because the shit I say is pretty, um, yeah. uh, inflammatory.
4: <laughs> well, no, I, I, I think that's one of the things that we've seen, um, play out very, very explicitly is that there were certain narratives that were allowed to take off and um, were essentially used to um, delegitimize the, the real concern, which is around biowarfare. warfare And so by talking now, about
0: yeah
4: Danibots, I'm sorry, go ahead. Viruses not being real, uh, you name it, um, it's out there and there were a select few were, I I think deliberately elevated, and then you know then they get then they can say oh they got taken down and the the censorship applied to them and then people were um would fall into those camps in that they would eat, they would sort of believe that what what would be scientific nonsense. Well, the... I I think. If I were
5: if I were to put on my psychologist or psychiatrist hat or whatever you want to say, uh, but but because part of what you do when you do marketing campaigns is you have to you have to approach your work like how is this going to be received, you know because because you know let's say you want to get people to watch a movie right, um, you, you don't want to lie about what it is because they're not going to trust you anymore, but at the same time you know you don't want to give away the plot so i'm wondering if the work that i do and people who do it much better than me um, is taken by others who more gradually roll it out in a way that the public can handle because if you if you if every source told everybody all this crazy shit all at once people would commit suicide in mass i think that would I think that would be a legitimate outcome to expect because it is a shock to the system that your doctors betrayed you, that your school that you owe $200,000 to for your master's in gender studies Hmm. betrayed you. I mean that, 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 that everything was bullshit. And, and we've been doing these horrible things for a whole generation now. Um,
4: Generations, so, dude. It's literally generations. Yeah. Stuff.
5: so. Look, look, look at like Doctor Drew as an example. Mm. Look at where he started. You know, at first he was like, "Covid's oh, not a big deal. We've got worse things to deal with." Then he kind of went in a different direction. He was like, "Okay, I wasn't appreciating it for what it is." And now he's got a guy on this past week saying that Jamie Foxx died from or got, uh, you know, uh, a, had a stroke man. from the vaccine. So he he's gone this whole trajectory, um, and 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 it makes you wonder if that is not maybe how this has to work. And for those of us that are on the front line of it, on the bleeding edge of it, like it's so fucking frustrating. Especially as if as we know that people are, you know, like Vicky Molly or whatever male or whatever her name is pushing the vaccine on pregnant mothers. It's just horrible. Like, it's just the worst thing. I I can't even I can't believe these people are fucking real, like how, like you couldn't you couldn't ask a doctor a fucking thing, and I'm saying the f word a lot tonight. No, you but can, it's Saturday. Yeah, that's a,
4: that's the whole point of this stream, dude. To let rip.
5: Good night, mate. Fuck off. Um, so <laughs> so uh, you know these people used to be able to like say hey um do you think i should do this And they're like oh that's not my field of expertise right like every doctor wasn't a specialist and then whatever you ask them about because they don't want to be held responsible but everybody fucking knows you could be a janitor in a hospital and you can testify to congress that it's safe and effective um no one has any fucking restraint at all about telling you to go get the vaccine and that's such a weird thing it's such a it's it's a it's a i i i just don't i can't believe it like i know that these people are real but i i like i listen to that ian guy talk to you guys don't play that sound clip <laughs> <laughs> with me on camera <laughs> don't do it i'm like. <laughs> I'll never run for president if it happens. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, I listen to him like badger and berate people, um, and 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 it's been done to him too. But like he's, I just, I it's hard to believe they're real. Like I, like you want to like pull them aside and be like, you're, you're, you're fucking with this, right? Like this, this is a joke. This is a joke. You're
4: not really. I think there's, um, at, at that level, there are sort of financial inducements, right? So, you know, it, his sort of sidekick, uh, what's his name? Drew, um, you know, you could see that that was a um, manufactured campaign where he got, um, oh, I can't remember, Forbes, it, like Forbes magazine did a piece about yeah. him. And, you know, because he'd done this, you know, what was a little TikTok-type video, which was geared towards probably a, a segment of the population who was just going to be burned by experience with respect to essentially by warfare research and, um, you know, being tested on. And um, it, it, it'll show you that people will will turn on um their own when when they get something out of it and you know it's easy to most people just materially orientated so
5: i mean I, i when the networks asked me to promote fauci and this vaccination campaign i i was done i couldn't do it but But I guess other people were not capable of walking away. I mean, you know, they said to me, Oh, I still have to make money and stuff like that. I was like, I don't know. I just feel like there's four, there are forces in the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, that are, that want us to be taking a risk and speaking out. Because if we don't, where does this go? I mean, right now, we're lucky that, you know, we're able to be assholes online and, and yeah, not the, for much longer, but <laughs> no,
4: not for much longer the way it's going. And, um, um, you know, the... I think,
5: I think there's, I think there's some positive, there's some positive happening, even though it's frustrating to watch, like I said, you know, we're standing on the front edge and there's this huge tail of consciousness behind us. That's still waiting to catch up. Um, but like for example like i'm starting another news site uh that's local to where i live in in orange county um and and we're and we're considering a way to sort of franchise the concept uh nationwide because you've got all these people that are you know learning how to do journalism um and you've got a lot of people that are out of work or whatever else i think we may have a whole nation of uh journalists all over this country who are just waiting for someone to say, Hey, this is how you do it. This is how you do your ad sales. We've already got the template made up. We've got the, you know, RSS feeds that will give you like supplemental content. So it doesn't look like a dead page. Um, you just have to go to like your city council, you know, meetings and, and just document some things and you, you'll find these stories. So that's what I'm working on. And, and that is uh, journalism, if we can get it back, especially at the local level, start holding all these people accountable as they begin their careers. Um, I don't know. I, I'm hoping Wait, you know, this I sp- is going to work out.
4: I, I, I was watching, uh, I, I'd seen the clip before and um, it was this LA police officer and it looks 90s type footage. And mm-hmm. he was basically, it, it was a meeting of, well, the head of the CIA at the time, um, some senators and whole room of people. And this guy was like, I'm here to testify that the CIA were running drugs into and selling drugs in in LA County and um, nationwide. He, he names all the programs, etc., and And um, so we... You, got, you kind of sort of want to wind it back to where you know and of course he, he didn't have an easy time of it it was like 18 years of um bashing his head against the wall but you know that he got that sort of breakthrough moment and there was a sort of community of people there hanging on his every word um because they they realized that there was something um terribly wrong and um these yeah i think i think you know that's one one avenue out of this is to sort of empower um the local communities to start saying you know, who who are the ones that are pushing through the policies who are the ones that are um enforcing it let's um and start holding them accountable and you know there's a you know i don't i don't know about the sort of u s but you know, sort of under like common law and um, sovereign, you know, sovereign law in, in like the UK, you can you can yeah. start holding the person responsible inside the organization, right? So rather than trying to um, fight, I don't know, Pfizer, whoever whoever your contact suddenly becomes when you're making a complaint, you, you start t- you start taking them to court. You start fine and you start bringing right. legal actions against those people, and saying, and doing it that way, and maybe that's that's another avenue. I don't know if um, Nick and Charles have been quiet in the background as we've been um, gassing away. If they've got,
0: by the
5: way, Charles, I didn't realize who you were. Um, it's nice to meet you. Uh, I noticed that we followed each other, so I was like, oh, that's that guy. Anytime I see anyone that's got military experience, I'm like, "Save us!"
4: (laughs) (laughs) Same, same, bro. Same. I'm trying. I'm trying. Um,
3: There's a lot of dumpster fires to put out.
5: Yeah, yeah, you know, I I, it's this must be incredibly frustrating for the military or anyone like a veteran, um, because I I feel like we're this giant right that's just being stung to death by mosquitoes um and and you there's you you want an enemy to fight because you're you're taking wounds but they're mosquitoes right they're too small to hit with your giant fists um we can't nuke the whole world because we're screwed up i mean the screw up is inside of us it it, it was this unrestrained bottomless pit of Horrible human imagination running amok in the name of science.
3: Yeah, it's hard to. It's it's difficult because it's us. Like I spent all this time fighting overseas in different countries, and right now, the problem is us. Yeah, and 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 it's almost like they want they're okay with that because they're. They want us to hurt because ultimately it's about control. But, but that, that's terrifying to me because my job is to have a mission to accomplish something, to, to prevent things like this, and I don't know who to fight because the enemy is within and without.
5: Yeah, you know, uh, it's 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 that is exactly how an enemy would feel after being subjected to a psychological campaign, a psyop, to demoralize you, to take away your will to fight, so that you just give up.
0: Yes,
4: land helplessness. That that was a lot of what I think that they were aiming for, and it's you know, in the in an age where um, automation is coming at a level where. Look, man, all those sort of steady jobs that, you know, you d- you went and got a degree for, like law and bureaucratic stuff, that's all about to just disappear, right? And so they they need to find ways to corral people. Uh, one of those obviously being, I oh, soft kill them over a uh, number of years. Um, the other is that you psychologically break them and... Th- we know we know all about how to do that, I've known it for a long time, and I think, I think right. that's a lot of uh, what we saw um, being deployed. And look, if you can, if you can make it so that there's a neural insult, right? So people, so people just don't have the drive, right? They're just aching, you're brain fogged, you, then it, your your job becomes even easier, right? And again, I think that was one of the mission goals in this particular instance. And then... I mean,
5: and, and, and brain fog is a, is a symptom of, a, of, of, of being subjected to a psychological operation. Like you, when you're gaslit, these symptoms are all symptoms of long COVID. Mm. I mean, not just, you know, like you might just get colds in between there, but, but you know, people know that they're being lied to. And they know that they've been lied to, but they are struggling to identify a culprit and And I look back and I go, "Well o- Obama did a ton of ton of fucked up shit."
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, he He was a really bad guy, But then you go and look at Bush, the Clintons and and then you know we're honest there was some bad stuff that went down under reagan too maybe uh, like the seeds for a lot of this started under reagan
4: wow you know like his
5: first act his first act bringing bringing on uh rumsfeld who froze the head of the fda and you know rolled out aspartame over the uh rejections of whatever and then you know uh the the stuff that he did with the vaccinations and what was it was 86 or 89 or 88 or something like that yeah. took away all responsibility and liability um the uh by Doyle act uh, that was 86. yeah and 86. the bay Doyle act was like 81
4: so i'm 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 uh, familiar with that act what's the by Doyle act
5: uh it it kind of incentivized Uh, It was a patent and trademark law amendment act uh, that permitted ownership by contractors of inventions arising from federal government funded. Yeah.
4: Yeah. That's, that's what I was on about at the beginning, which is this, um, that so long as they think that they're doing good and that, the that's what you get told when, look, when i signed the contracts for kind of PI, any, any, patent patentable materials, et cetera. That's ours, right? You might get a little bit like five percent, whatever, but um the institutes are fishing for those all the time. And um the yeah, the fact that it it, it what should have been returned to the people for the tax dollars um didn't and you, you incentivized yeah. it is uh
5: the second key change was to authorize federal agencies to grant exclusive licenses to inventions owned by the federal government, like your coronavirus patents that the CDC has, things like that. Or the patents for a test that look for specific genetic markers.
4: Um, just, you know, there's just a – who, uh, yeah. And yeah, it's a shit that's so, – it's never ending so I mean
5: you know and I and I thought of Reagan generally as a pretty awesome president um and when you think about you know the government and then we always associate presidents as somehow controlling this giant bureaucratic bullshit machine uh but that's not the case they are at the whim of the people that work for it um on, on at, and that and that exists at scale from like your local township, uh, like like here in this town, uh, our our city council members are controlled by the city staff. Um, the same thing went like Trump goes in office, to, we and people are like, oh, why didn't he get more done? Well, dude, <laughs> the entire government hated him. Yeah. Um, you know, Obama planted a lot of seeds within the federal government. To just poison pill everything that anyone that came after would do. I I I I'm working on some stories right now that I'm I'm trying to. There were psyops that went down that I think I can explain, but they're really difficult. And I don't I don't even want to go too close to it in this because I don't want to alert them that it's coming, but. Um I'm 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 trying to do it and it's it's kinda like unknitting a sweater as simply as possible. But it's it's a tricky thing. And that's a lot of what I try to do with Broken Truth, right? Is to to look and sort of explain. Maybe I can't tell you the entire story, but I can tell you little pieces of how it fits together with other things that we saw go down.
4: You see, I'm so, I'm wondering if we can sort of use your we We really need someone with your skill set to put together the in an engaging manner what actually happened historically and up to up to the current time you know with with the video effects that are gonna grab um people's attention not as stupid as died suddenly that can just be swept you know once once there are errors in there it's too easy to get shot down but you know with the historical stuff that nick has the stuff that charles has and then i I feed in the neuro warfare and um the i don't know just just to add a bit of
5: um well i you know i told you i i'm working on a documentary or rebuilding a documentary that i'd originally done on the hydroxychloroquine thing how how that went down uh, I just sent you a link. Um, this is a little excerpt from that. Uh...
4: Let, let me let me try and figure out that screen share control thing. <laughs> just... mm-hmm. All right.
1: Uh... Breaking news this morning: a new study shows, and this is an expansive study, that the anti-malaria drug. That the president touted repeatedly.
5: The largest study to date of its kind.
3: In the Lancet, which is a very influential medical
2: journal. It's large but shows real danger here.
5: Debunk a lot of the miracle cure claim that's been peddled by President Trump. That
3: the president has been reckless in his promotion
1: of this drug. But the president does not know what he's talking about when it
5: comes to science.
3: How many people listened to him and how many people took it?
5: Let's bring in Dr. Uh, Suppendesai. He is one of the lead researchers of the study. This study involves 671 hospitals and 96,000 patients from all around the world.
3: 671 hospitals over six continents.
5: The new findings published in the Lancet Medical Journal span across nearly 700 hospitals, six continents, and 15,000 patients. It it is high quality evidence.
1: We have a data and safety monitoring board which looks at the data. They are independent, so there's no prejudice on the part of the investigators because they're doing the trial or the drug is from a certain company.
5: And I think before we start making claims on medications that work or don't work, let science
2: do its job. Let data drive this discussion
1: think the off-label use of these medications in hospitalized patients with COVID should immediately stop.
2: The president ought to stop taking it too.
5: <laughs> well, um, uh, he stopped taking it yesterday uh, from what I heard. Chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine, both are associated with a higher risk of dangerous heart arrhythmias and an increased chance of death. An influential article which found the drug hydroxychloroquine increased the risk of death in COVID-19 patients was retracted on Thursday.
3: It was all fake. Surgesphere has just a
1: handful of employees. One is an adult content model, yes and another one writes science fiction for a living.
5: And its implications led several
3: other COVID-19 studies to be halted. This study had of course triggered the suspension of ATQ clinical trials around the world.
0: The WHO suspended the trials because of this study that was published in the Lancet.
3: Used alone or with a macro
1: uh,
2: light, they estimated a higher mortality rate. The Lancet and Neutral Medicine were party to, as was Dr. Fauci was, They spiked the use of hydroxychloroquine.
3: Dr. Fauci himself basically declared the drug a lost cause. And yet a deafening silence from Dr. Fauci today.
2: But this is medical fraud for political purpose.
3: Where are the mea culpas? From Dr. Fauci, from all these medical journalists, from all of these media types who gleefully proclaimed this drug is...
5: typo
4: <laughs> yeah um look man <clears throat> at the time i you was that. like d- 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 they'd done the study i was like oh well okay <laughs> i had to and th- there was still scales falling from my eyes back then of just how rotten um this all this all was and the wow it's just there 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 are some little backroom departments in wherever i don't know between Pfizer and NIH and NIAID where they're thinking oh yeah we'll do this um that that that'll shut down that particular um route of uh, dissent and I'm trying to trying to remember how it if it's, they tried to put in FOIA requests for the data, right? And from, from that company, right? Surgesphere. And then,
5: I don't know if he did. I have an echo, by the way. I think you're
4: uh, you? mm. echoing now. How's that?
5: Nope. Still echoing.
4: Stop. The there we sharing.
5: go. Okay. It's fixed. Yeah. Um. You know that's actually interesting. I did not, I did not consider doing a FOIA request for those records. However,
4: but I think that's what happened, though. They they was, <laughs> just questions started he, he being. He refused asked. to give them the evidence. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, and that's uh, like happened.
5: James Todaro and a lot of those other doctors, I think, put together that um, paper. Or that ex- their expression of concern, but it was like I don't know, several hundred doctors, I think, or, it's a significant number, and they were very concerned about it, and that's why it got retracted. I think Lancet caved first, um, but uh, yeah, that was just a disastrous experience. But to be fair, as bad as it was, that was that was probably the first area of when I said, wait a minute,
0: mm-hmm. when,
5: you know, I i the well, first the, thing that concerned
4: my, me... my, mine was, yeah. I, I, I had the, I was, I, I was nailed on for this. Isn't that this is synthetic with what we're dealing with. Right. And so I was, I was pushing very hard early on for lab origin. Um, what I, what I didn't really, and I, I knew it was bad, but, just how how dirty the journals had become right um, where you started to really see it being played out in real time and this and and you're watching that and then at the same time you that there was the campaign building or you know to, to vaccine it is the way out of this and you know this this is something that um, Trump seems still wanting to grab onto as being, uh, it's a really bad idea.
5: And I understand it. If he, if he caves, you know, and this is a political thing, which is, when you deal with the political system. You're just, you're dealing with like a really sick world, right? So I, I don't like to go there too much, but uh, my feeling is is that he can't admit that he was tricked because that makes him look weak,
4: mm-hmm. too much. And uh, right,
5: you know, it's it's. I mean, it's just a pragmatic. Like if you admit, oh well, these people tricked me, then who's going to want you to be president again? You're going to get tricked again, and we're going to end up in the same place. Mm. So the best he can do is is continue on and hope that we're all wrong and I hope we're wrong. That would be great with me. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, I think I should, I think I should do a FOIA on Surgosphere and the people behind it. It's a good idea. I mean, I'm sure someone else has done it right. Like, but you know, a lot of what, what this is is a mistaken assumption that people did work that they didn't do.
4: And that that's like, say it's so long ago now that, that's so, so long ago. But it's, it's not so much that it was so long ago. There's so much happened that it's a job to keep everything um in in you know, easy access. And right I, I, I wanna say that they they did try to get them to release the data. Where how did you have access to these to all this data? How did you how did you you know, where the algorithms for um, how you, you crunch the data and yeah, they just, um, it was a shell company and, um, you know, the, uh, I'll I'll say now, this now it
5: is possible that, you know, the hospitals were kind of killing people off or they were putting the old people in, put them on ventilators, which is just going to kill you. The ventilator thing was a, a thing. I have wondered if he didn't have actual access to data um, through a clandestine hack that probably the federal government has layered into hospitals, but he was exhibiting a lot of signs of a, of a liar. Um, when he would speak, he would do these hard swallows. He would have dry mouth, whatever. These are symptoms, signals that someone is being deceptive. So that, um, that is unlikely that he was using it. And he had apparently been a bullshit artist for a lot longer saying he had degrees he didn't have. And, you know, maybe he, he did ha he did have like a basic medical license. and he did, I think have uh he was a cardiologist. Wow. Uh,
4: heart mean, surgeon. That's a, you know, but I, again, it was this, um, you know, we, Took away the ability of you know had had everything been hands off and just doctors allowed to do what they'd just been trained to do for decades and <laughs> use treatments off label etc. and um, they I, they wouldn't have been able to get the ignition that they needed to be able to pull off and and direct what is ostensibly an attack. It's just Um, this type of attack isn't drones and bombers flying overhead it's more sophisticated and it's this this is what we're dealing with and how to um, how to unravel it and you know I think part of that is (coughs) excuse me Um, leveraging leveraging your skill set to be able to take something you know like that you know for all its failures right the movie plandemic right it did lay out a whole bunch about well hang on a minute there's a there's a whole history here that people need to be focused on i think there was too much focus on um xmrv and judy Mikovits as a sort of linchpin in that um
5: Yeah, I agree. And and, you know, when I when that first came out, and I was in 2020. um, It was suggested to me that I get in touch with Judy. And I said, at the time, I was like, No, her situation is too radioactive. Um, If I try to tell the story using her, my feeling is, is that I'm going to turn off a lot of the people I'm trying to reach. She speaks to the audience that wants to hear that message, and and now I'll, I say this: I have apologized to her personally for that, because I realize now a lot of what she went through um, was terrible. I mean, all, all of it, um, and and it was part of this whole thing. But at the time, I just wasn't ready to admit that Fauci was a piece of shit. Well,
4: you know. my issue with her was. Um, the "why was me" story or, or aspect of it, right? Rather than rather than trying to deal with it at a using science, she's she's it
0: dramatized
5: it.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and
5: and yeah. I mean, look, like they did lock her up. Didn't charge her with anything, right? Isn't that what they they were saying that she had. Yeah, fuck it.
0: I've been her in her sales loads of times
4: bro and <laughs> Just... <laughs> <laughs> charged with shit. Uh... <laughs>
5: um so you know I mean it's that was uh that but that that story when it came out like that that I I'd, I'd watched half of the movie and then it took me like another two years to watch the other half mm. and the ir- ironic thing was that I'd made my own documentary in the meantime not knowing the rest of it but now i have a better perspective and i'm kind of eager to see the new pandemic three or whatever um um you know mickey mickey wills has like uh, his an amazing uh narrative voice uh it's very sensitive and <laughs> everything he says just makes you feel wonderful when you hear it <laughs> you know <laughs> um but uh you know not so much with my work but uh Yeah, the, that surgesphere thing though, that was, that was an eye opener for me. That was when I started like going to Indian, um, researchers and PhDs and doctors and and starting to ask them like, look, what's up with this hydroxychloroquine? And, and then they would tell me like, it probably works great, but it's political, so we can't use it. Researchers told one researcher I was connected with said, don't quote me on anything. And he said oh it works fine um we're not allowed to investigate it he's like i want to have work in the future so i'm not going to talk about it Mm. and so this past week i did a story on um france and specifically how they knew to change the classification of
4: hydroxychloroquine Yeah, what was an over-the-counter drug um to
5: yeah they reclassified it to be prescription only And no renewals without official like confirmation, October of 2019. And it was their version of the FDA that did it. And, and I, so I just was like, if you want to find out who might've had a heads up, that this biological attack was coming, let's look at France. Why did they know to do this? Why did this little drug that nobody cared about suddenly months before this world changing pandemic? Um, where that drug becomes something people want, and my suspicion was it was just like masks. When Fauci testified that they restricted and said masks they didn't they said masks didn't work, um, so that people wouldn't wear them. And now, granted, we don't they don't work, <laughs> mm. um, but he said the people we didn't want the people to have access to masks that the healthcare workers needed
4: so they lied yeah and that was a, that was another thing that was sort of at the beginning i was talking about which is just like it, it, if there's something come out of a laboratory because i'm i'm trying to work with primates in bsl 3 and 4 right that um that there are sips that you have which would just kick into place that didn't emerge at the time but we can see a fingerprint of m- much earlier in in the september um window and um and that comes from that cell phone data around the institute itself and you can see that (laughs) there probably was a shutdown people were just monitored or you know told to stay in place and then you you wait to see if you develop um an illness and then that they'll start trying to do the transmission chain etc and um get it get ahead of it and like I said, we didn't see any of that. And in my training was it's just you you should mitigate as much as possible in in that type of environment. And when they when they were not doing that, I was just like, oh, hang on a minute, this this just isn't making any sense right now. And you know the yeah probably the paper mask isn't um, gonna do much with a highly aerosol. Transmissible agent like SARS, it might have to cut down a little bit on um, droplet transmission, etc. And but you know that's a, that's a temporary measure that should have just been c- common sense, like stop travel as soon as as soon as we were. And none of those things kicked into place. And
2: yes, homish patient one, mm-hmm. bingo, bango, bongo. That should have been you know the gate should have clanged shut. And
5: mm-hmm. no they
2: let it they let it continue
5: well you know why that happened right um trump was undergoing an impeachment so if he had uh locked down the country while that impeachment trial was still going on what would have happened you're just using this to get it to get out of uh, your impeachment you're you're using this to fearmonger us ...into being afraid of this virus, and that's why you've locked down the country. He'll do anything to get out of justice. That's exactly what would have happened.
2: Well, Um, I don't look at, at global geopolitics through the lens of what did it mean in relation to Trump um you know i i i know that, well, that i was that
5: frustrated was... i was waiting for the lockdown during, when that happened every time there was anything that distracted the country from not dealing with covid at the other at that point in time i was panicked um so when kobe died i was like son of a bitch this is going to distract everybody for two fucking weeks now uh and then and then there was a you know there was impeachment and then they delayed bringing the impeachment from the house to the senate for like weeks um Mitt Romney made a vote that uh, allowed for more testimony, or he tried to do it, which would have delayed it more. And I was so pissed off. I was like, just get this fucking thing over with. Because everybody knew, like Pelosi said, oh, it was self-evident that this COVID thing was coming. When she was knowingly putting sitting president through a horseshit impeachment over nothing. I mean, really, I mean, it's basically been proven a lot of this stuff was ridiculous. Um, So I'm sorry. Yeah, it just it was it was like a delay tactic. So he couldn't do anything. And then as soon as it was over, he did do the lockdown. If I'm remembering sequence of events correctly. I
4: want to say it was march april before that happened right
5: yeah um yeah i think it was march i know that the lockdown of california was like march 20th twenty eighteenth, 22nd or something like that um impeachment 2020 uh the let's see the house finished its Let's say they started on December 18th, 2019, Um, and then, let's see, February 5th, he was acquitted on both counts by the Senate, and then that
4: was that, and then uh, when did Kobe die?
5: Kobe died like January 25th.
4: Apparently got impeached for talking to Zelensky. Not
5: true. <laughs> there was some weird stuff around that whole thing. Mm. Um, y- you know, if if you consider like just talking to someone, right, is suddenly a crime. Uh,
4: it's I don't, I don't, I don't so remember much that. that, but. Um... Someone says it's in the chat, so <laughs> if the chat says it, it must be true
5: <laughs> oh, what does it say?
4: Just um, the impeachment was part of the script. He got impeached for talking to Zelensky, so um, I don't know if it was Zelensky that he
5: spoke to. He spoke to a prosecutor that was investigating Biden
4: about Ukraine and business dealings in ukraine yeah that yeah. that that sounds more um.
5: Because, like, Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma, uh, which was, um, you know, an energy company. And then when Hunter left, a former CIA guy took over on the board of Burisma. Nothing to see here.
4: Yeah. <laughs> hey, say, Hey, Kevin. Mm.
5: Um.
2: So I, it sounds like tonight we're not going to stitch – uh sv40 nitty-gritty scientific stuff together with say kevin mckernan's uh publications I um, am. is that right is it it's fair okay,
4: okay. we've well, got some history uh, in, and hopefully between and, and then the next week or so um we should have the results from the vials i've got um and then do you are you testing
5: the sv40 i've got in col- the vaccine
4: got cold-chained, in-date, um, sealed, um, we're gonna, gonna check them out.
5: Wait, can you, can you state that a little more clearly? I didn't quite hear you.
4: So, I've got samples that are cold-chained, certified, sealed, and in-date, and we, we will check them for, um, Plasmic contamination, lipid, lipopolysaccharide as well. Interesting. Yeah,
5: you know, I'd asked Jicky about that, um, and he said to that it wasn't a big deal; that it was just the on switch from SV40. It wasn't the actual whole thing. But if you've got,
4: well, it, it, even if it's just the on switch, right? The fact that the um, plasmids are a known issue around um, gene therapies. Right. There's whole legislation that's been in place for, they've probably got rid of all all of it in the last couple of years, but that, that they knew that it it was problematic and, and something to, um, to avoid or or minimize exposure as much as possible. And the, um, the, 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 Question is is well if you've got a promoter on it, well okay what's it promoting? Well if it's promoting the spike protein and the spike protein is um, all sorts of toxic in many different ways, but um, that's problematic in and of itself. Um, there's the issue of the plasmid being taken up by bacteria in, in your biome and. That suddenly becoming a chronic source of spike protein, um, there's there's many there's many um, potential biological unwanted effects that could emerge from that, and the it's 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 like a fixable problem. Right, if they could, if they could do it, and like like I say, myself personally, I'm not against the medicine evolving. If lipid nanoparticle type delivery systems are something that you need when you've got cancer, right, or there's that, that it's a better way to treat, um, you know, really, really serious diseases like cystic fibrosis, something like that, and it's a discussion between doctor and patient and you the risks are spelled out for you I'm, I'm i'm okay with it it's when they mandate it and force it on people when the standards are just not there we've seen what a shit show everything was for the last three years and um right. it's producing it, it's the expression products are something that fall directly into biowarfare warfare classifications that that's where the problem lies here, and um, you know um, maybe we'll test the samples and they'll be perfectly fine. Um, I don't know yet. Are you taking samples from each manufacturer or um, mul- multiple? I mean, form? I've got I've got samples from each manufacturer that we can test, but I've only got one brand which is um, sealed and. Cold chained and <clears throat> in date. So now it's
5: technically and and we don't need to say which manufacturer mm. um it's technically they don't want you to reverse engineer it, right? Like it's legal.
4: Um uh, whatever the law is. I'm not, not sure that's the case because the gene sequence itself of the spike protein is common knowledge and plasmid technology is somewhat universal, right? That there'll, there'll be, you use SV40 promoter and then there'll be a a antibiotic resistance gene in there. So you can, you can remove, um, from your expression system, those that have not taken up the plasmid, and then you you've sort of it's a filter step type mechanism, and then all those that have the plasmid of your culture will then spit out the product that you that you want um, you know if I understand Kevin correctly the there's more concern just about the double stranded DNA um, being present rather than the circular plasmid perhaps that 's um another issue um, but the <clears throat> in my mind it 's just a it 's a case of um, holding holding people to account when we 've seen that there was just so much malfeasance at play in in the last few years, and i I credit Charles with this all the time, which is it it's de facto bio-warfare that you, you're dealing with. So you, you have to class it as that until we can dismiss it as other, uh, otherwise. And ev- everything right now points in that direction. And, you know, what their end goal was, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm tending to be in agreement with Nick that it's some sort of Club of Rome um, fetish uh population management and, you know, there's, you know, there's the Mark Kulak, you know, he, he was the one that came up with that um, right now, <clears throat> but there's a, there was the chance for them to do a degree of testing across as diverse as population as, as probably there's ever going to be. And so they, they went hell for leather in that respect to um build out their intellectual property portfolios even more um i i think that's probably another big factor at play here um you know these people want to live forever right that's their that's their shtick and so um they, if they can, you know, there's only so many wars where they can harvest organs from, right? <laughs> and so they're 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 hoping that um, medicine and um, advances in in that domain are gonna give them the, I don't know, eternal youth. I guess. I I, I don't know. I, I, again, it's just a case of so many overlapping um, goals and that you can see from their perspective why um SARS satisfied a whole bunch of requirements and needs that, that that they'd been discussing again for decades and and Nick will tell us the exact year that um Club of Rome came out but say so sixty something like that Um,
2: uh the limits to growth was 1972 but as far as i know the studies that initiated in the u.s uh were 1970 that was kissinger and nixon set those in motion and that resulted in the 74 nssm 200 document so that's when the policy started to focus
4: and th- those are those are real factors <laughs> these are, that's not conspiracy. Um, th- this, these are things that we've seen with agenda 2020, agenda 2030, um, zero, whatever, carbon, the um, and y- y- you're seeing a physical manifestation of it right now, which is um, this nutty idea of shutting down farming and agriculture. Because of um environmental concerns. Hang on a minute. <laughs> what are you gonna are you gonna cut the food supply off? Um who who got to vote on that? I I d I don't remember <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, you know, I get it, I eat um bargain basement chicken imported from I think it's Brazil, right? But I don't know how it's cheaper to bring chicken from Brazil to Japan than locally, but it is apparently right. um, and the um, but they're they're doing that they're they're pushing these um, these programs and you can't remove that from this equation. you can't isolate one one variable and say, oh we're just going um hyper focus on SARS, without taking into account all the weapons programs that led up to it, the especially the anthrax attacks around 9-11 at, at that time, which basically kicked into gear much of the legislation that they were able to um, leverage uh, uh, over the last three years, and... Um, all of that needs um, sort of encompassing, but again, I don't, I don't know how to. You don't want to be too shallow across a topic, um, but you, you you want to have depth within the within the topic, so that um, those who are actually interested can get real real information um, and and find a place to sort of kick kick off from with their own research so that's where.
2: yeah we don't i don't think the the goal is to tell a 60 minute story like leonard nimoy about you know about the aliens or or stonehenge um I think it's got to be maybe uh, broken out into a series of, you know, maybe however, however many pieces are important to put together a substantive historical basis to say, here is the precedent. Uh, there's, you know, here is all of the background data if you want it, if you're that kind of a listener or a researcher that you'll go back and actually open things up and look up full text original items, here it is. Um, and then proceed through the essentially framing the current state. Um, And there are any number of jewels in the history, you know, from just, Say 1955 till today that we could pick out. We've already talked to (laughs) this newbie. You had enough. (laughs) He had historical access and eyewitness, uh, very important, uh, unusual access to uh, a couple of the scientists involved in US Lyme biowarfare work, as it also related to work that was happening in parallel at the WHO and in Germany. Um, And so, you know, we've, we've found all of these good SV40 is one of them. It's a major watershed event. But as we talked about earlier with all of the primate diseases, there's a whole lot we could pick out of there that could frame up the basic issue of cancer, the change in public health and the amount of cancer and where it likely came from as a result of these technologies, these changes in public health and pharmacology production methods that they just swept under the rug and instead of saying we've made a horrible mistake this is what happened and this is what we've done to fix it they just built a cancer industry to capitalize on the error so you know there's a lot about it that's that's very clear to people who've been through different parts of this the Lyme industry you know is another one where people would just be told oh it's you're you're hysterical you're just imagining it and they had a real, true biological pathology, and it was complex. But I think there's a whole lot that we could select that would be an effective framework. Kind of, I'm thinking of like a, you know, like a, a three to a five part series to deal with these different pieces. But uh, thanks, Kevin. I, I had to jump up on my soapbox here. No,
4: um, I'm going to have to um, pull the ripcord anyway um, and the Yeah, kids. we've been at it. Yeah, going again. (laughs) Daddy's hogging the computer. Um, uh, (laughs) Good to meet you, John.
5: You too. Um, And you too, Charles. You know, it's it's, a, yeah. Um, I like to do laser videos and lightsabers and fucking spaceships and shit like that. I don't... I didn't want to make documentaries. i hated Mm. documentaries um but yeah there's i seem to be getting led down that path at least for right now um for for other
4: things too but maybe it's just you need we need that sort of last um you know push like i say if we can get something before they really spiral us out in europe um i'm I'm hoping that maybe we can put the brakes on somehow, Um, but the,
5: you know, there's, there's, my suspicion is, and I, I, I don't know, I'm still optimistic. I'm not saying that there's not an urgency to what we need to do. Um, but I still feel like this, this might've triggered too early, um, for the clubs of whatever uh to do their thing right because yes we are aware now more of us are aware of this risk to our food supply than we were two years ago three years ago we're more aware of the complications and the corruption within just about every kind of agency i mean this may be a catalyst not to our doom but to our salvation that if it had not
4: occurred I'm really. You know, if it
5: did, if it hadn't happened in 2020, by 2025, 2030, we probably would have been eaten by this fucking monster that's coming, because I don't know how much stupider we would have gotten in the next ten years. Probably a lot. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. So,
5: so it's and I, and I do see some sort of. There's something else at play here. It's so strange the way some of these things work out. It's all all i can say i mean you know i i believe in god right so i feel that there's something else going on same and bro I same. Know, and, and i don't you know sometimes some people don't people in the science spectrum go oh you're just crazy but dude i have seen things that i i can't explain and i've had the most insane connections um bizarre things happened for example there was a woman if you this is a five-minute story
0: do um, i don't have to yeah, tell it come, come.
5: i did an interview with someone and uh she lived locally here and I, a a friend of mine said hey you need to go and interview this girl she um she was vaccine injured and she she worked with me and i said okay so i interviewed her and we told her story and um I helped, uh, get her set up with like, a uh, life funder, which is part of like the Catholic church. And she had this, um, picture of her with like this priest praying over her. That was just like out of the Catholic PR manual.
0: <laughs> like
5: this guy shows up right at the, at the doctor's office, the day that she's there, dressed fully, like in the whole white outfit, it was amazing. And I'm not Catholic, so I just was like, okay, well, this is a great picture. We'll use it. And, uh, and then um, she uh, was going through a divorce that had been taking years to finish, and um, it was stressing her out, and she was very unhappy, and I said, um, you know, they, they were still doing tit-for-tat, and... And she'd gotten a lot of donations. And I said, how much are you really fighting over? And she said, you know, kind of what they were sort of fighting about, and I said, look, man, God's already given you this money uh, and these donations. So maybe you should just consider signing the thing and and like clearing out your, you know, soul from what, what's dragging you down. Cause I could feel like that negative energy come off of her from it. And so she did. And uh, a week later, she was like, this is the most wonderful thing. I'm with my kids again. She starts, like, in the next month, she's able to actually start walking a lot more. Like, she had been in a, like, with a walker for a year. And uh, she, she, her trajectory goes up. She's got a job. She's doing better. She's got an apartment. Like, things are great. And, uh, and that was, that was all well and good. February of last year uh, February, 2022, I was on a next door, which is like a Facebook kind of thing. And I was probably fighting with some people about something about vaccines and, um, this guy commented and we sort of connected a little bit and, uh, he lives locally. And I noticed he worked in production too. So I said, oh, well, let's, let's be friends. And we were friends on Facebook for like once a month, I would like something he did. He'd like a thing I did. And I, I don't really use Facebook because. Fuck them. It's gay. Um, but <laughs> sorry, Nick. Yeah. Uh, is is Nick? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, good for you, man. Um. So, uh. Happy I, Pride, uh,
2: everyone.
0: <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh.
5: So I, so I, uh, made friends with this guy, but I didn't really think about it. And then he made a comment about something in December, and I noticed it, and I said, Hey, you know what? We should we should get lunch or coffee or something because I was thinking about leaving California. I always think about it, but I was really considering, I was like, maybe I need to explore, you know, whatever God's path is for me here and just give every option its, its chance to sort of speak to me, right? So uh, he goes, well, you know, I don't really have time for, uh, you know, lunch, I got to work, but I could do dinner. And I was like, all right, we'll go to dinner. I'm um, speaking of gay. So um, in my the next night, my wife is like, who are you going to dinner with? I was like, this guy I met on the internet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
5: so we go there and I meet up with him at sushi and um and we were chatting and I was like so you work in production right and he's like yeah well and he tells me what he did and I was like oh okay yeah and I said well I did work in television and movies and stuff but I had to stop to kind of help these people who were vaccine injured tell their stories and sort of tell these other stuff I felt like I had to do this and um like I didn't really have a choice like I was going to go crazy if I continued to do what I was doing. And, and he goes, oh, that's funny. My, uh, my ex-wife is vaccine injured. She's got like a GoFundMe and he goes, no, it's something else. And I said, wait a minute. (laughs) Is your ex-wife. And I said her name Mm -hmm. and like, I sat there and I was like, holy shit, this whole year, I've technically known her husband first. I met him first before her through the internet and it was his she was his ex-wife and i was like you should thank me for your divorce (laughs) and we're gonna switch to a bigger table because i need a beer Mm -hmm. so so then like i i was suddenly he's at the dinner table with probably the only person that could really validate her injuries to him because you know you're when you're getting divorced with somebody you think everything they say is a lie And simultaneously, I would have never gone there, because she was my friend, had I known who he was. So it was, and and also being Facebook friends, Facebook hid everything that I posted. So he never saw anything I would have posted about her story or anything else. So it's like, that's the kind of shit that's happening right now. That I'm like, man, there's something, there's something beyond, there's like a human consciousness pulling us together in cool ways it's awesome and i i'm using that as a way to stay confident that we're going to win this
4: yeah it's um it's what i grab onto. um problem is, is it's just <laughs> like it's like charles was saying it's just like it, I, I i always feel like if you're gonna get in a fight right which we're in you may as well just get it out the way but then you know what, what what are you trying to fight right now that's that's the problem and i don't have um now i've got a good idea of what it is but the the question is what's the right way to fight it and um i don't know i would say sort of non compliance but then it just feels a bit vapid and wishy-washy right. to, and we need probably something a bit more um Hard hitting against people. Well, but, you yeah. do
2: have to protect your little team. Your little team is the number one priority. The, that's your responsibility is your unit. So I I very much appreciate dads yeah. talking about how do I protect my family or how do I repair um, vaccine injury or any yeah. of that. That's that's definitely, that's that's how it works. And all each of those cells linked together, like John's talking about this kind of morphogenic field. I'm a space cat, so that's what I'm gonna call it. Charles, I what I about you? That.
4: You ready for bed? <laughs> He's
2: in bed. <laughs> yeah, probably.
4: <laughs> but um if he jumps on, he jumps on. Um I'm I'm gonna okay. Okay. say uh, I'll I'll end the call. Um but thank you, gentlemen. It's a very interesting conversation. Hopefully hopefully we can do this in a few weeks and I'll have um the results from Uh, that analysis to hand and that, that may be, maybe that'll help sort of crystallize out stuff and, um, you know, something like the documentary um, approach Mm -hmm. may be a good way of sort of getting that that data out. Um, For sure. All right, gentlemen, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Thank you. Great meeting you guys. And Likewise. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Yep. anytime all right (laughs) take care have a
5: good night everybody thanks for sticking through
0: (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye all right
4: boom okay uh yeah i've got to hang on let me just look up on the screen um i be back uh hopefully tomorrow or day after um we'll see i've got a lot i've got a bunch to do um I will see you guys in the next one. Take care. God bless, and uh, yeah, see you
5: soon. You don't know how angry I am. You do. I'm like,
3: I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off after reading that little line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these papers. I will fucking kill each fucking kappa. I swear. <laughs> this is no fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they actually playing Fuck
1: these
0: cappers. No fucking vaccine or M.I.A. or ever throw through my fucking blood, blood. Never. No. I will fucking die. Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking
1: forefathers and my fucking military these
4: motherfuckers! All them five. this guy. 5,000.
0: to sure, sure, truth Never.